Three, two, one. I got a little buzz going. There you go. I mean, you know, but like a, a manageable buzz. You know what I mean? Right, here we go. Manageable buzz. Okay, let's start the show with this catchy tune. did it it's a good intro honestly i'm getting the hang of it i tell you what that song that should just maybe be the show good, that's how good yeah. it is it just should just be that song you over know? and over again because that song is a jam it's the best investment i've made so far I'm, welcome in absolutely uh i am keith pazel this is my podcast i'm here with adam crocious as always we're watching tv we got political shit it was a very political weird yeah. it was a weird week man <laughs> yes I, I tell you it's even little shit like i had a fucked up the elevator was fucked up yeah she got into it with one of the office people because we used our gym we got excited early on in the week because we were like the gym's open this oh, is at, fantastic at your job at your job at the, the apartment building. Oh, oh here we have a gym downstairs oh okay and then what did you get well i used party. it at night i got to use it because she went to use it on like monday and uh someone else came in so she had to wear her mask, and that cut her exercise in like half. Okay. And okay. then I used it late at night. I had a full-on run. I was pumped. I listened to a whole podcast. I awesome. ran on the treadmill. How, how many miles you run? I did two. I tell you what, dude, seriously, two to two and a half is just yeah. fine. It's just fine. Seriously, I mean, I, I, I've done a lot of running. Yeah. And, and that gets a good sweat going. You get but I sweat. noticed that the security guard was going like back and forth. They have other security guards that I've never seen that like patrol the basement and the parking lots. The guy in the front door, he likes me. He's, he lets me those are the door the guys. I think that's different. Okay. Because these okay. guys, they wear shirts that say like <sighs> security. Jesus. So this guy kept going in and out and he was looking at me weird and the lounge is open too because he was getting snacks out of our vending machine. We have a <laughs> vending machine in the lounge. Okay. So... But he kept looking at me every time he'd walk past the hallway in the gym. And I'm just like, oh, that's weird. And then I started getting, even though I'm 33, you ever get like where you start feeling like if there's ghosts or I'm going to be murdered, it's going to happen right now. <laughs> so I started getting that vibe where like half the lights went off in the gym and I'm trying to exercise with like half the lights and I'm starting to see shadows in the TV and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, if you're going to see a paranoid. poltergeist or any sort of ring type shit, it's going to happen now. Happen now. Exactly. So I jumped off the thing, turned the light on, ran another mile. Good. And then fucking went. But then the next day, she goes down and there's a sign that says gym closed. Ugh. So she writes an email. She emails good, and good, she, she knows the you. strong wordage. Good, 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 good she gets you. into it. Good for you. So then that the journalist background, seriously, good for you. So then the next day they call her, uh, the lady at the, and the lady at the front desk and her have a very 
tense relationship. She always, <laughs> anything that goes wrong, she's quick to be like, what the fuck? We pay this amount a month. We expect things to work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well. a, a lease is a, a, technically a contract. Like you're breaking it. <laughs> so she writes the email like, why are why is it open someday some bit like all that shit so then she's talking on the phone and she starts saying like well other buildings have gyms open and we're paying this much much every month yeah well, you, so exactly. should you, your should rent you should give, be lower by like should you give us a, a little discount yeah, uh, and the lady goes the, the lady goes oh well other tenants have asked for that too but management says no and she goes well oh i'm so glad to have i'm so glad to live in a building where they care about their tenants <laughs> and the lady goes uh after that i'm just going to say goodbye really yeah the, the, so now that's we're the done. attitude comment so oh, now Jesus we're done Christ. like we can't well good it made your when the second your, i heard that story i was like well i can't go down there for a package <laughs> ever again <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no i don't think what you did was out of the you know out of the realm out of the continuum of what we're also moving done, you know? soon too well, when is your lease exp- hopefully when does your lease exp- next month oh i mean like uh, in uh, october yeah and in october yes god you know because i tell you what you, you got me thinking Lisa. you got me thinking you're the de facto third, you know, on this. You realize. Um, you said, I think you're right. You know, there's a, a condo buildings. They take a long time. Apartment buildings take a long time to build. Pre-COVID, all this stuff was done. Uh, they're going to be hurting for some money, and they probably are right now. So it's like I'm already thinking about what I, I think I can go into like one of those luxury ones for like fourteen hundred bucks a month for like a studio, which is like a pretty good deal. It'll have like a pool and a gym and the whole thing. Oh, dude, we're looking at a place with a fucking den. I mean, but, ready but, to do this podcast in a den? I, I, I'm going to probably go further west. Bearskin rug. You know, my, my, my delivery job, as you know, Keith, I have a part-time job. I, uh, you sell work drugs. For, I, I work for Pelican Deliver deliveries. weed. He puts it in his butt. Even though it's legal, he puts it in a little <laughs> egg, a little Easter egg. I hide it up my egg. And he my puts a. it in his ass, and then he farts it at the door like you a know? newspaper guy. <laughs> no. they. Uh, That's what the sound it makes when it hits the door. But they know he's there. No. For some I wanted to go Benny Hill there. But yeah, I've been doing that, and I, I've been going further west down, like uh, you know, Santa Monica. I, I I might be drawn towards that a little bit, you know, dude. Santa Monica is I, I my cousin. I said this is a joke, and you can tell he wants to move. Does you ever make like a joke, and it reveals someone's true like desires? Oh, of course. Like I was hanging out with my cousins, and I was like, yeah, dude, Santa Monica, fucking, like they've they make it to where you never have to leave Los Angeles. Like that's the drill. Like you could tell that was a on purpose thing of like we're going to build an airport yeah. we got our own little downtown we have the beach we have our own cool little street signs yeah. like there's no reason for you to go back into los angeles yeah and i was kind of just talking about the whiteness of it and i was like yeah you do you never have to fucking leave yeah and my cousin nudged his wife and goes see and i was like oh he wants to leave culver city so bad yeah 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 exactly so bad make it in there yeah, yeah I-, I am so oblivious to title and like status i think i should be more aware but i think at one time i did care about it and i think just through time i just like i don't know i did other things in my life and did pursue what i wanted to do so i didn't think about that as much but that i think is in people's minds the guide's all the fucked status, up today it says status. it says maddow's on but we are clearly on assignment with richard yeah. engel exactly <laughs> It's true. I don't know. Maybe they're messing. Who cares with about Malta? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No, this is, is dead. an interesting story about a Euro journalist because Malta's mobbed up, so they took this journalist down through her unique approach to storytelling. Uh, well, we're not going to find out what this is because it's not Rachel Maddow. Her unique. It's her unique talent. 
Uh, look at those European rooms, man. They're amazing. Like, look at those, pa- look at those paintings Critiquing and stuff. His clothes. Oh, everything's so much grander outside of the world. The United States really is a shithole. I mean, like we've made some gr- like it yeah. looks futuristic, but futuristic. If we've we've seen from the movies, future is garbage. <laughs> it's graffiti on buildings. Oh, oh, it's steam coming out of things. Yeah, great. Yeah, that was a big thing in the 80s, which, by the way. I think we're going we're gonna to watch a movie later today. 200 Cigarettes. 200 Cigarettes. One, the of early the, 80s. one of my favorite movies of all times. It's actually from 1999. Yeah. Uh, but it takes place either from 79 into 80 or from 80 into 81. I think I remember, it's 80 into 81. Elvis Costello is massive in this movie. Yeah. I, I, remember, I remember those New Years. It's in New York. Being a kid. I, I was uh, in the sixth grade in 1980. You know, that, I think that was the story I told you about when, when, when Reagan got shot. And Tim Caudell, who was sitting in the front row of my sixth grade class, said, I wish Carter was up there because I would have taken him out. And the teacher just, I mean, lit him up. And rightfully so. Yeah. And rightfully so. CNN's doing Ginsburg stuff here. VMI. The Virginia military. Man, uh, that's a hard. I, I knew someone who went to school there. Those private military colleges like the Citadel in Florida. I get going to the Naval Academy. I get going to the you know uh, West Point, all that stuff. Uh, Coast Guard is a military academy, but these private military schools, VMI and the Citadel, like you want to do this. Like, damn it. Well, well, there's certain men that want that. We'll privatize you know? anything in this country. Well, no, no, it wasn't. It, it, it's its own. It was. I mean, and these are old institutions. I mean, these are from like the 19th century. You know, I, I knew a guy who went to VMI. I think actually um, Patton went to VMI and then transferred to West Point. I think that's the, that's the story behind him. That's you know? wild that there's private that military schools that were like we can do it better than the actual military or just we want to just we have our own thing we do you know we have our own kind of theories on battle that's actually a power move because you start your own military school and they have to kind of doctor you in because otherwise you're just a militia yeah (laughs) so they're like well we don't want just rogue fuckers out there so why don't you just become a branch a pool you can train people with our discretion just Turn people into killing machines. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, the whole uh, that need wanting to antidepressants do that. and hate trans people. Oh, a lot of raping and murder and going on at these forts, apparently, too. Yeah, well, these are young men who are in intense situations. They're geeked. They got a million hormones flowing. It's like things like that are going to happen because you're just a savage at that age. You know, I look back on that age. It's almost like like when I was 20, 21, 22 years old. I literally had the bone 80% of the day. Nice. 80% Ruth of the Bader day. Ruth Bader Ginsburg looks like she knows several pressure points <laughs> that like she can just poke you. Well, I think that she's and you're a, done. I think she's a, was a very bright woman. Yeah. Uh, as I'm talking about my bone. She's dead. She died. <laughs> so that was the big. So, uh, so there was an earth yesterday. There was Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death, the earthquake. Uh, the other they didn't day, do this for Scalia. I got, it shows the media is liberal. I almost right. laughed at an Australian. Yeah. Because uh, he told that. me to watch my attitude. We had a long discussion off off mic about how people in L.A. really don't like anything that's not like, hey, man. like You don't have to say like, man, it's not like surf talk, but yeah. it's very subs- like you have to yeah. be cool with everything. Yeah. And, and that is all a unless bullshit ruse. Unless it's homeless people living on the sidewalk. It, it is it, it is a ruse. Then, what that really means is don't challenge me, man. Don't challenge what I do, man. Hey, don't be direct with me. Here's the cliche I heard. People in New York say, fuck you, it's joking. Okay. People in California, they say, fuck you, it's behind your back. In well, the Middle also, West, when they say, fuck you, they mean it. It's and real. And I was thinking about this with 
shit like, you know, podcasters getting huge, these huge contracts with Spotify and all these platforms, LA tries to be this like, we want socialism. We want to be socialist, but everything about this city is capitalist. Of course, that's a complete lie. That's a com- that's why it's so hilarious to say it's this left wing liberal hotbed and they don't no everyone here wants money. That's like, what they I want. I think people money. don't really like. I you get know? that they want like the social socialism, yeah. like everybody needs yeah, or to the be libertarian equal. thing. Or, but then you know. I don't think they like. Do you know that also means that you're gonna have to share your money with people in Compton and Watts <laughs> and shit? <laughs> well, we already do enough, man. It's all you know. In my industry, affordable housing development. Yes, everyone wants affordable housing. But when you go into your na- into their neighbor, it's like, no, we don't want it that much. The nimbyism out here is real. It's thick. It is a so, real thing. It is everywhere, but you feel it here too. So, so don't, don't tell me it's ooh liberal. Ooh yeah. Cause so one I- of those people, one of those Beverly Hills people, a lot of Australians in L.A. Yeah, yeah. I, a lot don't, of I don't forget. Rim folks. Well, yeah. I was gonna say it's not a long trip. I always forget that. Well, it's it ain't close, but it's closer than Chicago. But I feel like when you if you live in Australia or Japan or and you Google like where to go on vacation just geographically it puts you to the west coast first hawaii yeah san francisco san francisco seattle and all that bullshit like it's not gonna pull up chicago and new york right away maybe new york just because it's new york yeah but uh but yeah no you're right though so you were at work so i was at work and there was a there's an you can only what do you do for a living again what do you do i bus tables i'm i i'm a necessary worker yep Uh, i provide a great service to people i make minimum wage uh, do you get tips? Yeah, I do I, get okay, tips. Okay, you get a cut. You get a cut. Ran through about 20 bucks today. First, we got hey tipped man. out. Hey, man. $20 every, cash. Every dollar helps. Yeah. You know? I work hard, but let's be honest. I'm I'm pretty much a failure. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> it's not fun that I'm bussing tables. Yeah, <laughs> believe me. I'm I, glad I, that I wear the mask and the face shield now. It's very anonymous. Yep. What I've always wanted. I don't want people to recognize me. <laughs> Despite the fact that you do stand up, yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah. Those guards at fucking Buckingham Palace—that's like they love that they just stand there and they're not a person because <laughs> then they could go leave work, yeah, and fucking carve fucking glass into their back and shit, like do all the stuff that they like anonymously. <laughs> and then also they know they're not going to go out to a pub and be, aren't you the guy who guards Buckingham yeah. Palace? No, they're not going to make fun of so me. So I was just bussing tables and I have to like regulate the outside area. You can only sit at, there's four tables where you could sit at. There's one four top table yeah. and there's three two top tables. Yeah. And you have to go two at each of the two tops and four. You can't go beyond that. And then every, like they're spaced out six feet apart. So people can't yep. sit in between them. Like there's a lot of shit I have to keep an eye on. Yeah. So there's a, also a table that you could stand at. That is just, we, we tell people to wait outside cause you can't wait for your food inside, which exactly. is another fucking nightmare yeah. of people sneaking back inside and you having to tell them like, can you just wait out? Like you have to be yeah. cour- courteous about it. And then like, a lot of Eastern Bloc people. It's so hot outside. Okay. I must get inside. I've yeah. always said it. I was like, you'd think these people from the Eastern Bloc would be used to being forced to do stuff. <laughs> but they get really upset when you just go wait outside. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, this isn't, like, I'm not telling you to go to East Berlin. Yeah. Like, fucking, just go wait You're out the door. You're not going to be putting the gulag, all right? Yeah, Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy. Hey, you want to know why I'm laughing? Because they're still white. We can do yeah. that, right? Eastern European. Dude, can still do also, that, yeah. they're they're all most of them are are iffy people. I always get leery of Russians. Oh, oh, dude, the Eastern Bloc, the, the Russians, they have mastered corruption. They have 
mastered corruption. Look up a story sometime, man. There was this, you know, Brighton Beach is the big Russian mob area, at least it was, in the 90s when the wall came down. And there was this guy, I can't think of his first name, but Tarzan was his nickname in the 90s in New York in Brighton Beach. And his story, there's a New Yorker story I read about him that was like, this guy was a lunatic in terms of the shit he was pulling off. He eventually got busted by the FBI because he was procuring a Russian submarine because you know, the Soviet Union or, or Russia was so poor after the Soviet Union fell down. Is it still hard for you to call it Russia? Like, are you still quick to call it the Soviet no, Union? No, 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 no. But, but my point at that time, it's key to the story, in that he was procuring a submarine from, from the Navy and he was going to pay like $2 million for it. It wasn't like he was paying like, Okay, here's $150 million, $200 million for a submarine. Submarine's a very unique piece of equipment. It was only a couple million dollars that like some admiral was like, okay, That's I'll great. do it. You know, Dude, Let's buy a submarine. So, and he was doing that to then procure it for Coke going from uh, Columbia to the Hell West Coast. Yeah. To the West Coast. And it was going to be like tons of cocaine we're going to fill in there. He's going to flood the market. But the FBI busted him in Florida. This guy was crazy. And they go into like him. He had to go back to like a Moscow. He had to go to the basically the mothership sometimes where the five families of you know, of Russia gather. And he would go there. What a big thing they would do, the Russian mob in the 90s, they would get two street kids and make them fight to the death for their entertainment. It was like a fight club thing. And they'd bring in like street kid That's after street sick. kid. I mean, it was like, and they'd bring their women there and stuff too. It was just a really, really harsh Harsh thing, yeah, and that 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 tell you what they were masters of corruption. So this guy masters. wasn't Russian, but he yes. was. So I go out. <laughs> I'm going off, and on they're that. eating. No, it's good. We need exactly. to cover time. Absolutely, forty eight. Well, no, that's I've just been recording. We're not forty eight minutes. That's okay. It's but, good, man. Um, so I go out. This they're eating at the standing area, and I've been quick because so many people do it, and you know not to do it, even if there's no sign. If you go to a restaurant. And there's three, four tables, and all of them are full. Yeah, you wouldn't just start eating at a table that has no chairs in front of it. Like you wouldn't just find a surface and start eating. Yeah, totally. Okay, this is the this is the people who are doing this. At, yeah. At the okay. Yeah. Exactly. And I, they were like almost done with their meal because I'm. It was kind of busy, so yeah. I'm like I lose attention to some stuff. So I finally see that they're eating. At first, I thought that they were just standing there waiting yeah. for their food, and then I'm like, oh fuck, they're eating. Yeah. So I went outside. And I go, guys, you can't eat here. That's exactly how I said it. Yeah. Guys, you can't eat here. Like you have to, you have yeah. to go to somewhere where you could stand. And the, that's no way to talk to people. We, <laughs> no, first he goes, what's your attitude? Like I didn't have an attitude. I seemed, I, yeah. the, if there was an attitude, it's because you've been eating here for 20 minutes in front of a sign that says you can't eat here. God. Like you know what you're doing. It's not yeah. like you were, oh, well, I was none the wiser. Watch your, that is classic. Again, living so then, out here, no one likes you being direct. So they I don't sh- like, they you don't being like direct. it. So I had to shake it off. I've been, and anytime like I overhear people COVID denying all sorts of shit and yeah. like, I'll have to go in the back and I shake with anger. Yeah. Ooh. Also what's Ooh. good with, uh, the mask and the visor is I can kind of cuss people out quietly. Like when that guy <laughs> said, watch your attitude, I turned around and I just go cock. Yeah. And like, it just, it's stuck in the mask. You yeah. can't fucking. Yep. Yep. My one problem that I do have to stop, and one time my boss said it, I'll 
I will roll my eyes at you as I turn away. Like you ever like you're going to walk away and you just fucking. Well, you know, of course, Jesus Christ, man, you're doing a fucking tough job, you know, in its own way, you know, the one like, eye roll it's thing a fucking and a minimum few, wage gig, a few customers do this. There's two trash cans outside. Yeah. And sometimes they'll make you move them because they don't want to eat next to the garbage can. Uh, oh, you mean the customers make you. Move yeah. Them? Yeah. Yeah. And when yeah. they do that, I'll I'll either roll my eyes yeah. when they ask me or I'll pick it up and I'll kind of set it down hard <laughs> to let them know I'm not happy about this. That's a good passive aggressive fuck you. Yeah. That's a, yeah, but but it's I I again, and you made the point off when we were before we were recording. People go to this place because they feel wealthy when they're there, right? Yeah, you basically have slaves. You walk in, uh you go right to the register, you say what you want. Uh, it sounds all healthy. Instead of steak and chicken, we call them proteins. You pick yeah, your protein, you pick exactly. your veggie. You do that here. It's like too, rich yeah. prison. Exactly. Spitz does that. Yeah. You know, in Los Feliz, which I got this. Um, it's great. And then you go wait outside uh, and we bring you your food and then we pick it up for you. So you basically go in, you order your food, you sit down at a table, we bring you everything, you eat. You let your kids smear food all over the table. Ugh. You let them put, let them be spoiled, mash their face into the window. Yeah, they scream. Your dogs fight with other people's dogs, and then you yeah. get mad at us when we tell them, when we tell you to separate them. Yeah, um, and then you leave, and I have to clean everything up, and you never, and then you come back the next day and do the same thing. You know, I, I just it makes people. It's like I they you see it in their eyes of like I make five hundred thousand dollars a year. I shouldn't have to touch a plate. I shouldn't have to go get my food ever again. I don't under. I don't make that much money. I don't have that much money. But I just. I think I'd like to think if I had that much money or made that much money that I wouldn't feel that way. There's a couple times I wouldn't be that way. Where my behavior would change. The investors will come and they'll tell you like an investor's coming. You have Ooh, to like so treat them like your... an MVP. <sighs> and one of the times an. In, she an investor's oh, wife good, came good story randomly about yeah got a good story yeah and she something we were making her wait for a long time and then also it was back when we could have real silverware out so like there were no forks and she yeah. was just like you guys need more forks she was complaining and then she just goes my husband's an investor and i wanted to cut her off and just be like good for you <laughs> like what does that have to do with you like if your husband was here i'd be scared but like yeah. <laughs> what the fuck does that have to do with you it's funny you mention this, okay? The whole investor thing. You have to be on your mind, your P's and Q's. You got to be in your best behavior as an employee. Put the best face forward. This week, we have a new CEO at my organization. He's in Denver, but he's from Pilsen. And he actually worked for the Resurrection nice. Project in Pilsen in Chicago, old Mexican neighborhood. So he's been doing community development for years. almost cool enough for me to touch. I put tea in a glass with no handle, guys. Don't do it. <laughs> and I... Uh, uh, so, so he's a Chicago guy. I knew, I, I knew him vaguely from Chicago. I didn't have a lot of dealings with him, but everyone, he was going to two or three of our buildings this week. He was here on Tuesday and Wednesday. And one of the buildings was what I did. I didn't meet him down there cause I had too much shit to do work wise. So, uh, but I know him and, and, and everyone was complete, was tense about this. They were tense about this, you know, the, yeah. the property manager. Oh, dude, and I was insane. like, this guy, he's a totally nice guy. I'm Every seriously. time the investors were having a meeting and we had to put out a tray of cookies. We cooked them hundreds of dollars worth of product. That's another thing I don't like. Oh. When people call shit product, oh. it's fucking miso mayo, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like you sell salad. It's not product. And I don't like the immediate upcharge. Like if you spill a jug of mayonnaise, 
they'll figure out how much they were going to charge for that mayonnaise and be like, that's $70 worth of product. No, it oh. cost you $2. They'll it's send it a, to you if you fuck up. It's a $2 jar of mayonnaise. Don't fucking put your overhead on me. Yeah. Like, I didn't cost you dick. You shouldn't be charging for salad dressing anyway. Yeah, dude. God, good point, man. So, yeah, they, they do shit like that to you? Oh, dude, it's, in the, it's in the training video. Oh, there's this story they tell Ugh. of it's the owners and they tell this story of they were visiting a restaurant and one of the employees spilt mayonnaise all over about $90 worth of product. Yeah. Uh, and and this is this was their story of telling you why Tender Greens was a good place to work. She goes, he goes, and I could have fired her right there, but I walked around the building. I realized that people make mistakes. I went back in, we cleaned it up, and she's now a manager of the store. Uh, and then they talked to oh her. God. And I wanted to be like, what I a was, piece of shit. I was really worried when I had $90 that almost got lost. Ooh. Uh, on the bottom also, line of a $200 million spilling quarter. mayonnaise on a bunch of fucking raw chicken cutlets, you're out $20. Yeah. <laughs> you can still fry it up. That's what you do. You know, I don't know. It's... I just, God, I haven't done restaurant work in years, man. I haven't done restaurant work in years. That's all I've done. You know, that's and, the one thing I should have hung around in college a little bit for is I'm not qualified for good jobs. Well, yeah, man. I mean, you, you can always go back to school if you, if you do something well, you like. And you know, also, not, here's what I've, through doing this, Yeah, I could fucking get a job editing fucking audio or video for yeah, someone do something like i've know. i've taught myself a lot of shit yeah but the thing about jobs is you need that a degree you they want that college degree saying that this bullshit fucking building told says that you could do this <laughs> when i probably from just doing it on my own i probably know as much as any fucking video or sound editor i just might not have the patience to sit down and do the bullshit because i yeah. have to get up for work and shit yeah but if this was my job, I could sit down and learn how to fucking put special effects on a video like it's. Yeah, it, 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 I just well, here's with education for me and I'm glad I went to school. I'm glad I went to grad school, even though I hated graduate school. I detested it. I'm That's glad another I went, thing, too. I don't want to pay two hundred thousand dollars for something that I yeah. could learn watching on YouTube. Well, I mean, for me, what it shows to employers is you're willing to do shitty work and follow through on it. <laughs> Okay, so if they give you a task, you'll complete it. That's, someone you know? told me that about college in general, that they said it's they just want to see how you how you take to basically like a garbage life. Well, here's the thing about it, though, too. You see, college has changed a lot from when I, I went to college 30 fucking years ago. And I had to whisper that like I'm talking about cancer 30 years ago. It's such a fundamentally different experience now. Back then, you could still go to college. For it was like, cheap. It was cheap. It was ten grand or something like oh, that. Oh, dude, it was ten grand. Shit, dude. So, uh, uh, my first year of college, you can like the fall of eighty-seven. Seven hundred dollars was was she's tuition. Furious. Seven hundred bucks. Like that. She doesn't my, like my it. last year of college, which was four years later. You could do four. I did four and a half years. I didn't do it in four years. I did it in four and a half. Because you could afford to do it. It was $1,200. Now it should still and, be. And I was apoplectic over being $1,200. It should still be that cheap. It should, it, of course it should be that cheap. Of course it should be that cheap. But the rich don't want to fucking do that. That's all part of the plan they had since 68. That's you know? one thing I guess Biden said. down. I guess Biden said he, if he wins, he's going to make community college free. Well, I mean, that's at least something. Frankly, when I look back on it, going to a trade school is perfectly appropriate. It's perfectly appropriate. If that's something you can do and you're good at it, oh, be dude, the best. You know, you're some that's war. when you know you will go. You live in an awful neighborhood when your when your wood shop is like top notch. 
<laughs> when like your auto shop program is putting through like successes, that's yeah. when you live in a bad neighborhood. When your school's <laughs> leaning on, they're about to be called academy. Well, it's like <laughs> but anything with academy at the bad. end. You got to repair a computer. You got to do plumbing for crying out loud. These are real trades. That's my that MBA rule. If you they know? went to a school with the word academy in it, yeah. that is a hardened, <laughs> not white person. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. That, that, I never knew that. That makes sense, though. Dude, makes sense. M- Lower Marion Academy, and it's always some sort of direction. Yeah. <laughs> Eastern, yeah, yeah. Upper Callahan fucking work academy. <laughs> exactly. But as the word academy, you want to think it's actually of status, but it's actually not. Yeah. Yeah. But well, when they want it to be, when they want it to sound not like we're trying to discipline your awful gangbanger children. Yeah. They'll put learning Academy before it. Yeah. Yeah. But like Marion Academy was where Kobe went. You have fucking uh, Morgan Park. I think that has Academy in it. Yeah. Dude, the Morgan Park football team is wild. Were they, were they good? Oh, dude, they're, my dad was doing construction by Morgan Park and he said their coaches like it's like an NFL practice. <laughs> like they have these fucking yeah. chants. They do like war chants during <laughs> practice and shit. I don't know if they do it in the NFL. College they do. I'm sure the NFL it's like they're they're they're, all, they're, they're men now. Oh, dude, by that time, shit. that's a lot of what I've heard about college coaches that go to the NFL is in college it's they all the about show. it's one. Well, it's all about having these relationships with the players and I'm yeah. leading you on the right path. And if you see someone straying off, you say, dude, yeah, like you're. But if you do that shit in the NFL, they're just like, dude, I'm fucking 26 years old. Yeah. Get the fuck out of my I, I, face. I'm making two million dollars a year. You know, I, I mean, an, that's not even a lot of money. I'm but an I'm elite you know? athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- like exactly. at, at bare minimum, if you're in the NFL, you are an elite athlete I, I, on a I, on a regular scale. I've met I've met a couple NFL players. This guy Russ I knew played went to Stanford, played three years for the Seahawks, and then he went to medical school, and and, and he was yeah and just talking about that like he said like, the way as a scrub and a and a uh, and when you're a special teamer uh, you listen to the coaches you don't fucking talk back to the he said John Randall completely talked back to the coaches John mm-hmm. Randall played for the Seahawks the last two years of his career Telemundo Jack Reacher <laughs> you know and. Uh, you know, he, he just said that, uh, you know, you John Randall would talk back to the coaches. He didn't talk back to the coaches because he was a special team guy, but he's still an elite athlete. Yeah. And he made he made I think he made like six hundred grand a year in 2000. John Randall. No, no, not John Randall. This oh. John, John Randall. The, the, the he was a backup. The guy ahead of him got injured and they said, John, you got to go. And he's like, I'm not going to go in until you pay me a starter salary. That's what he said. That's so because because he was a 10 or 11 and they gave him the starter salaries money. They gave him the money. You know, but yeah, but he, back then starter salaries was two point three million. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, but he was. But that's more than the seven hundred thousand bucks he was making. Jesus you know what I mean? Christ, what's going on out I don't there? Oh man, there's some. You know, you, you're next to the hood, man. You're next to the. What do we a, got? I want to hear these dubs. Yeah. Who, who does Count Chris's voice? Que no dirás nada. Estoy decidiendo si me agradarías en persona. ¿Y qué decidiste? Such a romantic language. It always sounds like they're trying to bang each other. Oh, listen, uh, Spanish. Uh, I want to learn the last names. I know. Ooh, Spanish Sven Gulli. I've tried to show you Sven Gulli every rip. We can't get actual Sven. So Sven Gulli's like what we do. Yeah. We're copying Sven Gulli. Sven Gulli shows a shitty horror movie. And then in between commercials, he'll do his little skits. I'm painted up. He's like a little ghoul in a cave. Well, yeah, this it was based in Chicago, right? His, was yes, in- WCIU. And I think every 
Sven Gulli went <laughs> through like yeah, the you south. Such a hood, Sven Gulli went through the south, and I even think it was kind of like every area had their own Sven Gulli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was like an independent Sven yeah. Gulli. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Like the Chicago one is not the official one. Um, and then there's even ones that weren't called Sven Gulli, like Midnight Murray or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching Sven Gulli always Creature Feature. Yes, Sven- on Saturday nights. Sven Gulli was always followed by the Three Stooges, a Three Stooges marathon. <laughs> Hilarious, man. Um. So yeah, let's bust into some shit. I think I got through my fucking. <laughs> My little things I wanted to get off my fucking chest there. We yeah, got, I get it. I week get two it. of the NFL is coming up. Actually, it's, Ugh, it's today God. when it comes out. You're probably I watching the football games 16. right now. You're watching my man Mitchell Trubisky just fucking run rough shot all over the New York Giants. Oh, he's play, oh are they playing in New York or in Chicago? Chicago. In Chicago. In Chicago. In, in Chicago. I always correct people because that's the when people do the Chicago accent, they do Chicago. Chicago. That's the like meathead Chicago tries Uh, to throw the little. I'm a Chicago police officer. (laughs) The Chicago Bears. Oops, here we go. You just got to pull on it and fuck with it. It's all good. Um, But that's (laughs) the way you do it. It's not Chicago. That's more northern. Like you get closer to Wisconsin, it gets like that. Did you ever, uh, did you ever, uh, I I told you my story about one of the times I got pulled over by a Chicago cop. I've I've been pulled over a couple times by Chicago cops. Oh, dude, yeah. They're either really nice to you, like they're fucking, like you're about to go to a bar, or it's fucking just fucking... They're upset, yeah. So I I was driving, (laughs) this was in grad school, so I was in Hyde Park on the south side. And I was, was it just, bad then? I, still, I, well, I mean, all around the all around High Park was shit. It's funny, dude. I was looking up nor, great Northwestern players because I was getting into like old yeah. school football names, Patty O'Doul and yeah, shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I didn't realize that Chicago's uh, University of Chicago and Northwestern were like bitter rivals. Well, University of Chicago, the, the very first it was, it was North South. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I always wonder what Hyde Park was like in like the '60s. Well, in the '60s, I guess around there it was ter- I mean, it was truly rough. There were rumors. It's not gr- that, well. Hyde Park's nice, but it's a round, shitty. That they were gonna. They were. There was a rumor. A wealthy guy, multimillionaire, uh, a graduate of the University of Chicago, wanted to move it to Denver in the early '70s. He just wanted to move the university to Denver. I thought you meant the town. No, Let's no. Move Hyde Park to Denver. Well, no, he wanted. No, he wanted to move. It, it would have been moving Hyde Park to Denver. That's what it would have been. Because it was going to take the entire University of Chicago and, and go there. So that's how bad it was around there. It's improved around there. It's the largest employer on the south side of Chicago. I think it employs I just 8, realized people. Through a quick Google, I just realized that every city's got a Hyde Park. We need to cool it with stealing our fucking... So yeah, Hyde Park... Let and me, that, I want to do a... Bri- I wanted to see, see just do... You can keep talking. But again, just, j- just the whole... The very first Heisman Trophy Award winner was Jay Burwanger who went to the University of Chicago. The term Monsters of the Midway was not the Chicago Bears. It was the University of Chicago Maroons. They were a great college football program yep. in the 30s. You know, I mean, I think they won like three national championships. I mean, oh, they, they dude, were the very first good. Heisman Trophy winner. Was, exactly. Jay, it was called well, like the fucking... Jay uh, Burwanger. You, and if, it, if but, you would listen to what I was saying, you would have heard that a minute ago. And even, <laughs> uh, But it wasn't even called the Heisman Trophy when he first won it. It was like the fucking the Lee Ivey Award or what, some that, bullshit. That the Amos Alonzo Stagg Award? Because Amos Alonzo Stagg... No. Oh, let me even University see of what Chicago. it was. Yeah. It isn't George Hallis. It's not Vince Lombardi. It's not even Curly Lambeau. It's Amos Alonzo Stagg is truly one of the early pioneers of oh, football. Oh, dude, he was the coach for 40 years, and he kind of created the corrupt university. Well, also, uh, the very first controlled nuclear fission experiment was underneath Amos Alonzo Stagg Field in 1942. They had split the atom by 42. 
Uh, it was originally called the Downtown Athletic Club Award. Right, that it makes was, sense. It was it, created yeah. by the Downtown Athletic Club. Athletic Club, where no women are allowed. Was that the, was that the, was the Downtown Athletic Club, colon, where no women are allowed. Was that the... Uh... <laughs> That's great. But yeah, it, it was... Uh... Yeah, well, we, yeah. The uh, we were talking about the University of Chicago and, and going um, but off I, on that. I pulled this up. So uh, this is about Hyde Park. Yeah. I've been trying to not like. That's going to be the theme. Another theme of this podcast. We'll say something wild, and then yeah. I'm going to Google it. Sure. To make sure. Yeah. To back it up. Uh, to give us some shred of integrity. So until the middle of the 20th century, Hyde Park remained an almost exclusively white neighborhood, despite yeah. its prom, uh, proximity to Chicago's Black Belt. Holy Absolutely. fuck! Absolutely. We're gonna fucking Woodlawn was put right a pin there. In that. Oakland Kenwood is right there. There is some. We're gonna put a pin in black ass Woodlawn. See what goes. What, the, the, what the, that's, that's what about. Saul Bellow called Woodlawn. Rat ass Woodlawn. You know? Hyde Parkers relied on racially restrictive covenants to keep African Americans out of the neighborhood. Yep. At the time, the use of such covenants was supported by the University of Chicago. Of course. After the Supreme Supreme Court banned racially restrictive covenants in 1948, it sounds like they're witches. They're <laughs> racist witches. Uh, African Americans began moving into Hyde Park. Uh, the beginning of the end. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, the, the, and, that phase of Hyde Park. And the neighborhood gradually became multiracial. Uh, Barack Obama eventually came there. That's something I'm adding to it. Yes. Uh, in 1955, civil rights activist Leon Despers, Despres was elected alderman of Hyde Park and held the position for 20 years. Well, it was always like a progressive voice on the city council. Yeah. Despite uh, Despres, I'm murdering that name probably, argued passionately for racial integration and fair housing on the floor of the Chicago City Council, which he was murdered immediately upon suggesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was been brought out by Ed Burke and became and known, got one in the noodle right afterwards. Yeah, and became known as the liberal conscience of Chicago. Absolutely. For often casting the sole dissenting vote against policies of Chicago's then mayor, Richard J. Daly, <laughs> exactly. who my grandpa was friends with. Of course, man. Um, yeah, he, the machine was that was the essence of the machine. I mean, you know, that's where Preckwinkle is from. It's from Hyde Park. It's always been like the progressive voice of Chicago. You know, uh, during the 1950s, Hyde Park experienced economic decline as well uh, as a result of white flight. Yes, that uh, that I'm basically born from. My family comes from white flight. They all grew up on the south side of Chicago uh, and left. When did they leave? Like 50s, time? 60s. They moved to Bismarck, North Dakota first. My uncle was born in the oh. late 50s in a trailer park in Bismarck, North Dakota. <laughs> then they moved back. Was it called Tornado Acres? To, I don't know. That'd yeah. be great. I was going to say in that, in that area. Let's do a, we're, a new pilot. It's we're going to write a pilot. <laughs> hello, Larry. Hello, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, Larry. Got uh, a new pilot. Hey, I just moved to Fargo. Kind of chilly right now, right? Yeah. Hey. Oh, my God. What's that sound of a Bismarck, freight train? Too. No, it's Bismarck. not a freight train. It's a tornado, and we're completely flat. No, so no. they basically moved to Sauk. I'm from Sauk Village, Illinois. They were like the pioneer. They moved on into Sauk Village when it was like two streets. Wow. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. So they are are the the second white flight happened. They were back in the Chicagoland area. Yeah. I My grandpa used to say all the time, when because he grew up in... Uh, in Bridgeport. He grew up right by old Comiskey Park. He said yeah. he used to be able to read the newspaper in his backyard because of the lights of Comiskey Park. Oh, wow. So he was right on 35th Street. Yeah. 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 Right there. And yep. uh, 
And south he, of 35th Irish. And then you bring town. it up when you would bring it up in the 90s. You'd be like, oh, yeah, Bridgeport. That's And he'd be like, I wouldn't drive through that neighborhood with a tank now. Oh, God. Like that was always that's the always same. such a fuck. It. I mean, when I was down in Orange County and this building opened up like three months ago, I gave a tour for a couple people, you know, and they were like, oh, where do you live? I live in Los Feliz. Ooh, that's kind of a rough Dude, area. My parents described you don't China- know rough the way my family described Chinatown. It was like. The second you crack Chinatown, an Asian psycho would jump onto your car <laughs> and you would be like, I loved going to Chinatown when I lived there. You'd be right? like, we're in Chinatown. And then you'd be like, <laughs> and it would, you'd be fucking, it'd there's be a, a really great, tiny gun. There's a great d- uh, dive bar underneath, like underneath the Dan Ryan right there uh, that I would go to. That was a complete, God, it was such a dive. I mean, they didn't try. They, they gave us the once over when we walked in. I mean, it, it, there's a whole like uh, it was such a dive. But it was right, right uh, south of Chinatown. I think it was a cop bar. There'd always be a couple cop cars out in front of it, and guys would go in there getting drunk. You know, I don't know if they were on the clock or not. <laughs> yeah. So white Probably flight were. is what Pardon? I'm. What I'm. God, it, it, it would have been. It, it, it was like probably 23rd Street because because Chinatown. It, it's yeah. like in between Bridgeport and Chinatown, right south, literally one block south of Chinatown where Chinatown ends, and it's underneath the uh, the expressway there. Great bar. So I got to be quite honest with you. I owe everything to White Flight. So I understand that <laughs> Isn't it's bad, it great? but it also is my home. I, I'm from White Flight, Illinois. God, uh, White Flight was so just big when I was Chicago. a kid. When I was a kid, oh, oh dude, it, it pretty much happened by that time. By the late '70s, I'm from downtown White, White Flight, Flight Illinois. Downtown White Flight, right yeah. by right by the Seven Eleven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It just uh, White Flight happened, and then that's why urban America in the late '70s was so rough yep. around the edges. But it got its shit figured out. Clinton getting elected helped urban America a lot. In the 1950s and 60s, the University of Chicago, uh, which I call Suicide U. Yeah, um, exactly. And its efforts to counteract these trends sponsored one of the highest urban neural plans in the nation. Well, that's hilarious. That was always a big story in grad school. The, the most free market oriented school put their hand out and got millions from the federal government to oh, do wow. urban renewal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the plan involved the demolition and redevelopment of oh, entire blocks of decayed buildings Street? with the goal Street? of creating an interracial community of high standards. Uh, after the plan was carried out, Hyde Park's average income soared by 70%, but its African-American population fell by 40%. Yeah. Since the substandard housing primarily occupied by low-income African-Americans had been purchased, torn down and replaced with, uh, this is gentrification, fucking just talking yep. about it. Yeah. Uh, the ultimate result of the renewal plan was that Hyde Park did not experience the economic depression that occurred in the surrounding areas and became a racially integrated middle-class neighborhood. Is that kind of bullshit? No, it's actually pretty true. I mean, it, it is the economic anchor of the South Side. As I was saying before, yeah, the University so of Chicago employs 8,000 people. The University 8, of Chicago people. is its own town, basically. They have their own they police. They have their own police station, a police um, force. And then you have yeah. East Hyde Park, uh, which is where the metro stop is. Yep. When I go to the suburbs, you stop in East. And then you have South Kenwood, which is where Barack Obama is from. Yep. In fact, I think there is a Barack Obama Learning Academy. You know, um, what's it called? Pan-African Socialist Louis U. Louis Farrakhan is from fucking Hyde Park. Oh, absolutely. I used to, that was always one of the tours I did. People come in, I was like, I want to take you to the Nation of Islam. It was two blocks. So I used to live at uh, 47th and Dorchester, uh, a block north of Bibs and Ribs. When I would be studying, I'd be hungry. I'd go get Bibs and Ribs. 
University of Chicago was a, a very difficult place to go to school. That's going to be a bigger deep dive. I, I, su- I a- sub-wikied Black Belt of Chicago, and it's the history of African Americans in Chicago, which yeah, we don't have time for that. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> well, that's a big topic, too. That's a big topic. There's a great book called, uh, called uh, Black Chicago, written by a guy named Al- Alan Spear. And he just goes into the story of like, you know, the, the migration that happened in Chicago in the 19 teens was huge. And just the, I mean, people were literally put into, funneled into very tight, small neighborhoods. And there was a huge race riot, I think, in 1919, where like hundreds of people got killed. Because of, I think there was a black kid at a, uh, at a, at a beach, I think, uh, yeah. supposedly made a pass at a white woman or white young, young like, like you know, under 18 girl. And I think that that kind of started this rumor. And from that, it, it turned into a four-day race riot. That was kind of the case. It was a hot summer. <laughs> it's always a hot summer. But uh, See, I think is, we is can... Is Paul Giamatti the Hell bad guy yeah. in this? Well, no. I think he's just probably a blowhard I'm who's a just size, like, is he, is he we're what? drilling! <laughs> what about the earthquake oh my god yeah the hoover dam's about to blow here this is good that we're on so we had an earthquake yesterday yes uh, ruth bader ginsburg died and fucking punched the earth yeah yeah she, she took the dirt nap just yeah. shot a fart right into heaven and yeah. it fucking rattled the fucking fault line in the angeles national forest which is where the big one's probably gonna hit it's the yeah. end of the san andreas fault that wasn't the fault that rattled it's only 11 miles away the building jumped a little bit absolutely it, it sounded like this giant wave it was like this giant wave and it made this noise like it had a noise to it you know like a rumbling it had noise. like a you feel, it was yeah, like the absolutely. wave it was like a sound wave and, and it was like what the hell was that man i was ju- i'm not lying i had just turned the key to walk i was one stride into my apartment and a hit and I was like this is weird you know ain't no one gonna break my stride ain't no one gonna tear me down I've never Whoa, seen San Andreas 4.6 mega earthquake <laughs> and that was not uh, and, and and that was not a big one the true big nope. one I mean, you know, that's going to be a tenor probably. Oh, uh, well, if that ever happened, it would truly level the entire city. The city would be flattened. You know, there'd be some. There'd be the iron post of the building. It, still it would be like Escape from L.A. Yeah. When Snake Plissken goes underwater <laughs> in that god awful. This is why you need to travel because you need to be in an airplane in the sky when this happens. Yep. Exactly. Though I remember that 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 was a scene in the movie Earthquake. In the movie Earthquake, it was. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, there was a plane that was landing at LAX when the earthquake hit. Earthquake, which I saw in the theater in 1974. Any trip we take now, I'm carrying two luggages. One that has the trip stuff and the other one that has stuff that I'm saving from the quake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The big one's going to might happen while I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, oh, look, at he throws the kid, but then he goes, doesn't he? Yeah, he, so he, the he fucking dies. dam is going. Like, there's a, there, a big release of water is about to happen. Uh, oh, we got there's a spike through his in his foot. foot. That's fucking rebar, dude. Yep. Oh, he's caught. He's caught. You got to get out of here. Go, go. <laughs> yeah, he's getting pulled down. Pulled down there. They kill the Asians first. They, now. It's they, not the blacks. It's not the blacks. <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. So <laughs> Confucius say there's the uh, Hoover oh. Dam is now gone. This is the initial earthquake. Of where it happens. For that to happen would be a catastrophic. Oh, dude. That would be a like I said when I said 10.0. That's crazy. Dude, do you know the big one will probably like be like eight, like eight six or something like that. I I think statistically speaking, like the 9.0 
is uh, that's I, like God shit. Yeah, I, I think it's like I don't know. I think it's literally the significant or, or the rel or the uh, it's like thousands at once every thousands of years. It is a very very uncommon thing. Uh, it's a major shift. But do you know if it happens, who can get us out of it? Dwayne, the fucking Rock Johnson. Absolutely. This is back to back Dwayne. We yeah, ended no the kidding, last man. episode with fucking the Rock. His acting career has just far exceeded his wrestling career. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, this guy made the leap, man. He made the leap. No, is X Men Apocalypse on? Oh, dude. Fuck yeah! Man. I didn't hate X Men Apocalypse. I saw it in the theater. Of course, who am I kidding? What I like about X Men Apocalypse the <laughs> is like he. <laughs> and I hate comic book movies. He assembles his crew, and Apocalypse is blue. So then he meets Storm, and he's just like, "You're brown." Like everyone, I just imagine like he assembles of just like you have red hair. I'm blue. She's brown. <laughs> it's a weird diversity or something. Are they checking just, the he's box dumb off? And, or? or just he's dumb, and that's oh. the only thing he associates with. Like I'm blue. Is that his daughter, or is that like? Uh, yes, this is his family. Carla Q. Carla Cugino. I, I think. find her very cute, by the way. Oh, I find this is her... the new husband, I think. Oh, he's got a hey, nice yeah. to meet you. The Rock's oh, always God. divorced because he's too much of a brute to stay in a relationship. <laughs> we were married, <laughs> and then he was always trying to save he's too people. Too much of a brute. By the way, once again, Keith, you go up a notch. That was my expression when I was a teenager for some guy who was like a, a, a hulking man. I was like, this guy's a brute. He's a, like a football player. Yeah. If there was a particularly big football player, that guy's a brute, man. This guy's two eardrum pops away from being Lou Ferrigno, for Christ's <laughs> sakes. You know, one time Ferrigno and Schwarzenegger were at the same level out here. Mm. I, I think they both read for like Conan the Barbarian. I'm a bit uh, I can't read. But because, I mean, listen, the incre- I think they were both up for the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> That's what I always wonder. Like, so you got Ferrigno. How deaf is Marley Maitland for real? <laughs> yeah, because Ferrigno is true. Like, I she, can't, she won't talk. Yeah, yeah, well, because she can't. I think she's probably got a weird mumble. Ferrigno's got a good mumble. You see, he he loves his kids. What did she just say to him? I don't know. I can't rewind it. This is live television. I know. Did she just say to him, listen? Here we go. This is backstory. I was going to tell you. We just decided to do it. Oh, they're getting married. He He throws the bike at her. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Your boobs look nice in that shirt. Hey, if you want I'll get those papers signed for you, too. Fucking bitch. America. You know, The Rock said Um, he would make recreation, he would make weed illegal again. (laughs) He would try and force the states to make it illegal. Thinks it's a gateway drug. I would never vote for The Rock as president. Because that's the new thing now. It's just picking celebrities. Well, exactly. See, Oprah. That's one of the things about Trump's election. Even if he loses, and I kind of think he's going to lose. I think he's got 7-1. See, this is 7-1 is the San Andreas. So, you know, I I think that he's just opened the door. It it is the fame culture gone awry. Oh, he's a firefighter. This is the fame culture gone awry, his presidency. So he is opening up for Kanye to try to run. Whatever. Anyone. Kid Rock. Whoever. Whoever they want to run. And just because they're famous, okay, and and then they'll have to be like Democrats that do like, again, like Oprah would be like a Democrat who ran, you know, it's just like, God. Michelle Obama so is just barely not a celebrity. Oh, 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 she, she's going to run in 2024. <coughs> if Biden loses, she's running. She's running. You know, there's no doubt about it. I Coughed mean, right into the microphone. Very professional know. here on Keith Paisley's podcast. Oh, I've seen this here scene. Here on 103.8 FM Talk Radio. This yeah. is the guy who played, who was in Fantastic Four, right? He was the. Yep. 
kind of got a smarmy face. Yeah. Really on point in this role. Probably trying to pick this girl up. Yeah, oh, that is true. But I'm never going to try to change what you have with him or take his place. Okay. Because she's like in her early mid He tries to she's bang young. her. Yeah. Because he yeah. gets crushed. Spoiler alert. He gets it's fine. a tidal wave, <laughs> crushes the Golden Gate Bridge, and a fucking barge. Like one of those, you know, those big ships that carry the freight. Yeah, exactly. One of the freight fucking wave. things crushes him dude. oh god and you're very happy about the, it. of course the bad guy dying is a fundamental part <laughs> well, yeah, of all he's these trying movies, to finger yes. bang this girl what is she 17 it'll be the tallest strongest and it's already 80 i'm telling you you see movies in the 70s in this power dynamic it was like hey man he's oh, just a dude 1997 you're rooting for this guy. yeah exactly <laughs> it is <laughs> You are. It's like, yeah. hey, man, I want to have that power too, man. I can score like that, man. I mean, you know? if we want to look at patriarchy and misogyny, we just got to look at the 1997 movie Wolf <laughs> with Jack Nicholson. He pisses on a man's leg in it. Yeah. There's a lot of subtext to it. I was thinking about this recently because it's about him changing into a werewolf, but it's not Bella Lugosi like he gets the instinct of the wolf the whole movie. And then at the end, he finally changes. But it's very much like when he gets bitten by that werewolf, he pisses on it. Like he starts getting very fucking. Uh, that was gonna be the, that was gonna be the uh, the UN that the pointy building. He starts getting the UN. feral. Oh oh yeah. Like and I think it's about like unrestrained masculinity. Like he's <laughs> pissing on people's legs. Well, I watched I watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest this week. I saw the I saw the final scene today when he chokes Nurse Ratched. You know and like. I watched it. And I think Ryan Murphy from American Horror Story is doing a ratchet movie. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sarah Paulson is, is starring. Yeah. As, yeah cause it I, just looks like American Horror Story season, whatever. And I was just like, you know, everything he makes is colorful and gay. Yeah. Just the whole, I like it, though. The, the whole thing about just making her what she was. I don't know. The backstory. I didn't like the preview because I, I, I think she, they're trying to make her like a good person. No, no, no. They're trying to give her background of like, okay. why, why was she the way she was? You know, the hospital broker. It, it, it is. She reminds me. I had a supervisor at one of my jobs who was so much like her that it was just, it's actually difficult to watch. Like she's got that much of her personality, just a complete corn cob up her ass. Like she had no, I don't think she had any like cartilage in her knees because she would walk like she was walking on stilts. You know what I mean? She yeah. just, it, she was so taut. She was so tight. Ooh, good word. And, and just, and was, and just her, her way of carrying herself and her glare and just humorless, absolutely humorless, had zero humor not a good human being not going through a good life either she ugh, she's going through it, but but anyway i watch it and i uh, not woke uh, no yeah, I, mean, I mean he's he in there it. for raping a girl well, and, and he's just like and he's like what and, and he's always like picking up what? prostitutes that's part of the angle is that he hooks up the the guy played by billy you know the guy who kills himself at the end you know, also it, the whole movie i think he's trying to sell everybody on like no but you had to see her uh, well, <laughs> like when you see oh, that, says that when you yeah. see that tight young little box or whatever the fuck he like, says he says beaver yeah he's like listen and, and then the, the, the when he first comes into the, into the uh, into the mental institution he's like why am I here I just raped a seventeen year like, old she was fifteen but I tell you when you see that beaver in front of you yeah you know and the way she looked it's just like and she was he says that directly to, to the hospital the book's a little more nuanced right you know I, I actually have not read the book it's the basically Ken Kesey yeah the the only book one of the wrote that, one of the hipster ever, manuals. Oh, yeah, of course. Because it's like, yeah, I know. It's just 
Well, I guess when he taught a creative uh, creative writing in Oregon, his class would write a book. That was their project. They'd write a a, pair, a, um, a chapter a week, and they'd write a 12, uh, 12 uh, pa- uh, chapter book. Yeah. But that, that's the only book he ever had that had any success, financial success. But, uh, but yeah, you watch it, and it's just like, yeah, he, he gets interviewed as to why he goes into the mental institution. I'm like, this is dated. Like, you watch yeah. it, like, this is dated. I mean, it's because he's just like, yeah, man. I mean, she's 15, and, he, and, and he's very kind of humorous about, like, just whatever her beaver was looking at me. And it's just her like, beef. wow. And he, I mean, he's very much like, and, and when they go on the fishing boat, it's, he does that to get out, to get out of the mental institution. Yeah, he's trying to escape. Well, but he also does it to pick up this, this floozy that he's having sex with and he wants to fuck. You know, he wants to get laid on the boat, and he can't also, get laid in the mental institution. That movie's got a young Danny DeVito in it. Yes, um, young Christopher Lloyd. Who's the guy? Who's I don't? I'm sorry. He's always crying. He's what? like the old Jew. That's not DeVito. Oh right? no, 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 no. DeVito's the cigarette guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he yeah, almost doesn't look like Danny DeVito. Yeah, Martini. He's, he's not squinting. fat at all. Yeah, yeah, Martini. There's a bunch of people like uh, the guy who was in uh, Fast Times at Richmond Higher, uh, Mr. Vargas. Who's the dude who kills himself with scissors? That, well, th- that's stuttery, Billy, the stuttering uh, guy. It, it, Billy. It's Billy Dorif, is it the actor? Yeah. Yeah, because he was in like Deadwood. He's, he was in He's Doom. the voice of Chucky. Exactly, the voice of Chucky. Yes. He always plays obscure characters, very offbeat, obscure characters. He, he won an Oscar for that. You know something? He was actually really my good. My favorite part. His acting is actually really good in it. It as truly is. As a kid, is. my dad used to, oh, we used to watch One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest a lot. He had it on tape. Yeah. Um, we we're actually talking about this. We can talk about this, this, and then fucking Ruth, and then we'll take a break. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, the scene where he recreates the World Series, he's mad they won't put yes. the World Series on, and he gets everybody That's his hyped. First power. But- I love that scene. Like yeah. As a kid, I remember being like this. That was when I was like, this movie's awesome. Yeah, that's a totally good sequence. It absolutely and uh, you know something that I like it stood the test of time. One like it thing makes I sense wish the they would have done in the movie that I guess the book does is the book is narrated by the chief. Uh, like he's a very prominent character in the book, but the movie they but the movie though. they wanted it to be like the big shock is that he's been lucid the whole time. Like yeah, and he, and he just, just can't been, talk, and he, he won't talk. And, and, and basically, I think it's kind of the racism of it all yeah. too. Just kind of put him in there. But he he's narrates a great the character. movie. Now in the book, I think you don't know who's narrating it, and then at the end, you find out it's, it's the chief. chief. Yep. But he's got a way more prominent role, and I think, and I think you kind of he know, becomes prominent in the last thirty minutes. He's and much I think more relevant. you kind of know halfway through the book, like ah, I think he's a little smarter than he lets on. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it is. Uh, that's a good sequence too. When he reveals to him that he can talk and he can hear him because he gives him a stick because they're going to get electroshock therapy. The next time I go to my dad's, I'm going to go through his VHSs and see what he hasn't put softcore porn over because we had Cinemax <laughs> and he fucking went wild with God. his. That's what that was a dumb thing that he captured a lot of moments. My dad has live challenger on wow. VHS because wow. he actually recorded it. Like, yeah. Oh, because oh, it was it a happened. news event. Like you would, it was like a big. We thing, watched you know? that Netflix thing I, about I, challenger. I wanted to watch. We watched it. all four episodes last night. Is it actually? A, is it a documentary yes. kind of? Or is, each episode is about forty minutes. Interesting. It's really good. Did they talk about the O rings? Oh yeah. Throat? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I saw a documentary about the O rings ten years ago, yeah. but this gets way more in depth. Uh, the for the first time they actually play cleaned up audio like when they show it you hear the because when yeah. you hear the TV version it's literally like a yeah, yeah like it's a you barely hear the explosion because they're because I think several that's miles what, I think sky. that's why people were confused because it wasn't this monstrous explosion like it was going up and then it just kind of poofs into smoke so i yeah. think people were like wait did it leave the atmosphere is that what it does when it and, leaves and then the, the atmosphere? engines totally kept going yeah it's crazy 
you know now the documentary does a good job of it but when you watch the live footage you see people's confusion like actually in the live footage a couple people are clapping like they think it's like the end of it they're like ah like that and then it takes 30 seconds for it to, to sink for, for even the news to be like, oh, I think something's wrong. Oh, oh man. So they get into all of that. Then they get yeah. into like how much NASA covered, tried to cover it up yep. and how much they knew going into it. It kind of makes you be like, fuck NASA. Dude. Yeah. No. Yeah. NASA. It, it's best days were space, behind it. And I love yeah, space. Yeah, it's but they definitely say that like uh, Kennedy and NASA kind of prop like they lived on a legacy for a long time. Yes. And like. NASA was so much in the fabric of the United States. They had pictures of spaceships and every sort of like signage that had to do with the United States. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they were kind of, yeah. And even we looked it up. The shuttle program had was done in 2011, every shuttle. And I didn't realize this. Every person we send into space goes from Russia. There hasn't been a, an American launch since SpaceX. Elon Musk is the new. Yeah private well, nasa but i always felt kind of bad for the other the other uh with when the other challenger when they went to columbia when it went into the atmosphere and, and burned through it and it was like that you know that that's kind of like the oklahoma city bombing was was september 11th i think that was you know, the nail it, in the coffin yeah, of yes. we're not putting this on tv yeah anymore. and also uh, we're gonna do we're these, not gonna have this program anymore it's actually not a good well idea. there's a nasa channel now you know but the, I, no, think, I mean program meaning the actual, oh yeah the, the, the space shuttle itself the gonna, shuttle program that well yeah. that's all gonna be you don't need to put people in space yeah, unless it's, it's to put, unless it's to put them on a colony put the rovers i'm not saying don't yeah. go to space yeah i'm saying you can build machines to go first and you can accomplish just as much and then then when we need to escape Earth because the sun is imploding, then we go to other planets. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to be for a while. Uh, I I do believe this. I do in my lifetime. I believe we'll make it to Mars. There'll be humans that make it to Mars. Yeah, not in the current political. Well, environment. we might have to make colonize another planet. So abortion is legal <laughs> on it. God. So that so Ruth died. Ruth yeah. Bader Ginsburg died. Yes, that is true. Um old with cancer i don't understand how the left didn't see this coming well they did see they knew it was coming i mean it just, um, they were, i think they were just hoping it so wasn't now, gonna happen now uh the during, 60 the, during day, the election what 49 days away from the election yep um the process here is that they have a majority in the fucking senate so they can just vote a new justice in and a lot of people think this is happening next week now i've tried to be a little more hopeful and I'm Mr. Cynical yeah. that since 1975, this process has taken at least 60 days. Yeah. So even if they came out today with a fucking, with a fucking announcement, I'm saying like, yeah, them having to fucking do some, I'm sorry, there's I'm paperwork just they have to fill out. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a great actor, <laughs> but like, I don't think they can get it. Even if he announced it tomorrow, I think the process would take until after election day. Like, I think it's more likely of them making it the issue to win the election. And then in the lame duck, they'll actually pick the justice. I wonder if how they'll play it. I wonder how they're going to play it. I mean, it's going to be, it'll be an important political narrative. And I think right now the strategy. Someone said the Supreme Court is going to be the biggest, is going to be in the forefront like no other time in history. I've been saying it's the reason why a Democrat should win for over 20 years. You know, and it's not that big of a deal. Let's look at the Kardashians ass. (laughs) 
God, the ignorance in this country. I was watching, I was watching a bunch of Trump supporters be interviewed, you know, at some rally, and just like, you know, and the defiance. Oh, you know, here's what it was. It was a Colbert. It was Triumph the Insult Dog mm-hmm. was on Colbert, and they had a they had a mock like focus group of ten Trump supporters, and they had mock Trump ads. Well, That's one of the funny. mock Trump ads was, you know. You know <laughs> It's an impre- you know impersonator of Donald Trump. I because children are are immune to COVID, which is not true. They should be our essential workers: children, police officers, children, meat workers, children working as nurses. Because Ch- and they're very cuddly. So there's this funny ad, and then they asked the, the focus group to talk about it. And this one guy was just like, I mean, just like you know, I well, I like Trump because he makes money, man, and I like money too, man, and I want to scream some of the things he says. I want to scream. I mean, there was such stupid ignorant anger in his yeah. voice it's just like no it's gross i'm also not naive i understand that they can within a week just n- announce a justice but i just think there's more at play a if he does that i do i, I think you're right i think there'll be a lot of resp- like people like we gotta fucking vote now only like i told you off air not every republican is against abortion i think there are some republicans middle of the road that are two in the game they know that you don't want to ruffle people's feathers so i think they understand that like look man if you come in here with this abortion shit before the election yeah you're going to turn off a lot of the middle of the road republicans and you're going to wake up a lot of liberals that don't vote because yeah. their big thing is the vote don't matter yeah well now it matters <coughs> yeah i just think there's more i think there's a slight chance that someone could go hey if you if we do this incorrectly we can lose the election so let's It'll win the, the election first yeah. and then put the justice in. I almost think yeah. people are being naive. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, to all of a sudden think that like now the Republicans are going to be the most competent villains ever. At the same time, do you look at that rally? Do you actually look at that rally? Look on the edges. There's not that many people there, man. There's no. really not. There's not. There's like a couple thousand. So know? I just think, like I said, there's more. Also, you have to think about this. This could wake, like I said, wake people up who weren't going to vote. Now, because so many people are going to be angry about this, you could flip the Senate in the election. Well, I mean, I, I think uh, if that happens, this yeah. is a non-issue. Yeah. Oh, and, well, yeah. I mean, if they flip the Senate, then I think for sure during the lame duck period, if with your theory that they won't they can do just it. turn down. Anybody but he says, he he says he's going to announce a woman next week, this coming week. He's going to announce someone. So that's so you got a you week know? there. But now you got to start taking away days. You know, they got a week there. That's seven of the 49 days. Well, I mean, then they vote them in. That's Im- that's immediate. But even the process of them saying this person is now a Supreme Court justice. Do they send her to an airport immediately to get her to work? Yeah, like, well, yeah, but it's, do you know what I mean? Like there's. Yeah. Uh, Keith, th- 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 they're going to get this thing through and it's going to be a big fuck you also to the left, i think what they think the left is the which is actually moderate. the outrage of just people being like hey why oh, this fucking notre yeah. dame cunt jesus christ so but Sorry. also like i think there's people who could say like do we want to get into this debate before the election like yeah. i get that we can do this but there's going to be so there's going to be so many New, we're going to have to waste so much time going on TV explaining ourselves that why do this until after the election? Uh, I think it's all the more reason why you do it as quickly as possible so they don't have to explain themselves. You know, I, I think it's just, oh, God. Because that's the one thing I said. All they have to do is badger Mitch McConnell and say, why is this different? 
why in 2016 did you say that we must do this after the election because yeah. the american people need a voice yeah why is this different because you that was to, a negra you need to force him into saying because we want to get rid of abortion yeah and this is our best opportunity yeah yeah that's your goal now yeah force him to tell the truth of why this is different do you know and that, that'll waste time just getting them to think of the Christians who are going to weep tears of joy when Roe v. Wade's finally overturned. It's our slavery issue. We care more about the unborn than the born. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Fuck you. I'm sorry. I'm so, also, I'm you know what up. I think is a is, is a factor in it, too. Is what do you mean? I think there are some hicks like that. Who like you know how people in that some people in LA don't vote because they're just like well California's blue so yeah I think there are some people who are like well I don't need to vote fucking he wins every year it to where happen. I think there's probably some sane people in those areas who are just like I'm gonna fucking vote and yeah. then like I wouldn't be surprised if some fucking shit kicker counties go Biden go go, go in what? this election well I mean if you look there are a lot of states in play that typically are not in play I mean the battleground states it's it's like you know era, a, a, it's a different batch of states than it typically also, is also is this a game that Republicans might play <clears throat> is saying cheating as much as possible well yes. like we said off air you need four Republicans to say they won't do it for it not to happen and we yeah. have two definitely two Romney definite. has said he won't but not post Ginsburg dying yeah yeah. Um, but Romney seems to hate Trump. Well, because so Trump I think has you been can, a dick to him. I think you can add him into the. Th we have definitely have three. We'll see. So we need one more. Yeah, and that won't happen because here's another thing with the right that pisses me off. They play the margin. I'm so sick of these right wing politicians winning in other countries, 51 to 49 percent. So there's this illusion of, hey, it's a democracy. Here's a fact that I want to talk about too. When the Supreme Court justice gets in, that'll be five Supreme Court justices from presidents who didn't win the popular election. They didn't win the popular also, election. Also, wouldn't it be ironic? We took account and you didn't win. Most of us don't want you in, so you're a minority. Also, so fuck wouldn't it be off. ironic that if a impeached president who has done nothing in his four some years as president would be one of the few to quickly get his Supreme Court justice put through? Well, well of course, that's one of their main strategies, man. I mean, and that's very much it's McConnell remembering Robert Bork being voted down. But what I was going to say and is, and he's held a fucking axe to grind ever since then because he's a piece of shit i think and this is speaking to that fourth person that needs to block this yeah i think there has to be multiple republicans with sway who is gonna say well i agree that we need a very conservative supreme court you have fucked up this covid thing so much that this is what we need to focus on i, I can't imagine anyone standing up to him they are all complicit in this in this horrible attack on fundamental parts of our country uh, that have been bedrocked. Now, again, years. I'm just trying to not be like, I'm not naive. Yeah, yeah. I also probably think before the election, we probably will have a 6-3 Supreme Court. Well, it's but, all, And here's another yeah. why that's wicked, too, because I, I told this to her and she countered it because she's smarter than me, where I said, I go, yeah, it's going to be 6-3. Let's not just take anything. We'll t let's not take anything to the Supreme Court ever again. Then why well, can't? And then, but she said she goes. Then the states will be able to do whatever the fuck they want. Well, it's also and they've lined up so many cases. You know the way cases get to the Supreme Court. That's very strategic. You know, there's a whole appeal process, and you, you literally have to go through a process to get to it. You need to have you know? several. It needs to like be rejected so many times in other like appellate courts and shit uh, too, yeah, right? And, and the, you know, and there's the federal bench. 
that's out you know, other what, what your girlfriend was saying man about other circuits out there you know that uh, that a lot of them kind of work up from you know they, they and it's and, and they're appointed by the president too i used to do federal cases man when i did fair housing discrimination Keith, uh, you know, uh, we had to go to federal judges because it's the Federal Fair Housing Act, one of the other pillars of the uh, uh, civil rights movement that is under siege right now, just to let you know, too. You know, uh, so uh, Trump said you don't have to affirmatively market affordable housing. You can do not have to do that. So anyway, that, that you basically say it's saying you're not going to have affordable housing. So, in, yeah, in, in your <clears throat> suburban areas. So blacks won't move there even though it's a complete fucking misnomer because everyone needs affordable housing, black people, white people, Asian people, Latin people, gay people, straight people, trans people, because it's housing. We also another reason why I think Republicans will jump on this immediately is it's a way to take the, it's a way to take the attention off Off COVID protests and COVID. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's to do that. You know, it's just, it will be, I will be curious to see. It's bad. I'm not saying it's good. It's bad. Yeah. But I just think there's, like I said before, I think there's strate- there's strategy involved that it might not be advantageous to them to rush this through. But I don't think those cool heads will prevail. No, it, it, it's this is this is what we've been doing for decades. And I'm sure there are right wing prick think tanks in D.C. who are just like salivating, salivating over this opportunity, salivating. You know, it's just to me, even beyond the abortion issue, what is so disturbing about it is. The way and their whole views of economic regulation, it's just another way for the corporate machine to just squeeze as much as humanly possible out of everything. It's just like, Jesus Christ, and then pawn it off as freedom. They want every law to be in their damn favor. You know, it, it, it's all about assessing the risk, the risk See of losing. See what Judge Janine Pirro has to offer oh, here. Yeah, I, I like that guy's <clears throat> facial expression. That's Greg Gutfeld. See, the guide's all off. This is Gutfeld. That's he used to be a professional wrestler. Uh, yeah, it is. Ooh, that's my girl Cat Temp. See the blonde girl in the lower corner. With, with, with I actually glasses. like her. She used to write for the national. She's like a. What she write for? She well now she works for Fox News. She does. She's like a. She does their web shit. But she used to write for the National Review. Oh God, uh, that rag. Uh, her dad's like a four, but she's funny. She like has a podcast. She used to do stand up in New York, and she still does a little bit. I actually like Cat Temp. She's yeah. not like a psycho. Like she's yeah. she's BLM. Like she's not like a racist. Yeah. Like she yeah. actually, when bad shit happens, she speaks out against it. She's not like yep. a fucking total right wing yep. Tommy Laren. Like she is one of the true people that, and even though it's annoying, socially like fiscally conservative, socially liberal. Yeah. Like that's yeah, that is well, the exactly how I would describe. Yeah. Her. Well, I mean, her that dad was, works for Ford. He's a big fucking Ford fucking. Yeah. Stuff like she's all about American products and shit. But yeah. she's not like awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, the National Review is a terrible magazine, and that's very much. She doesn't the work for them anymore. Right. She quit the National well, Review. Well, yeah. Well, well the Too fact that you got her teeth cut stuff. there, I, I dismiss her, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, are we at the halfway point? No, halftime. We can be at the halfway point. You want to take it. a break? Yeah, let's do that. All right, we'll be back a little here water. in like a minute. We're gonna do uh, a word from our sponsors, as done by Adam Crocious. At Blue Cross Blue Shield, we've been protecting millions of people for over 75 years. It's what gives us the experience and understanding to help you find a plan that fits where you are today and where you'll be tomorrow. Get spring break styles for the entire family, tees and tanks for just $5, and thousands of other amazing styles all on sale. Run to Old Navy. There are moments that define who we are. 
what we stand for, and where we're going. Made with pride, crafted with passion. Jeep Cherokee, find love again, right on the Gulf Coast. Beau Rivage, a feeling like no other. To succeed in our ever-changing, busy world, you've got to create your own brilliant website. Wix makes it simple. Create your website today. It's easy and it's free. Every time you raise a Pacifico, let it be a reminder to live life anchors up. Imagine waking up to the enticing aroma of bacon, sausage, fluffy eggs, and a whiff of delectable hash browns. Stop imagining. Get to McDonald's for the deluxe breakfast platter because nobody has ever woken up to the fresh smell of cereal. Three, two, one. All right, we're back. Took a break, ate some meatballs. Yeah, they were good. Made good a little, little snack. bit. Little snack. <clears throat> it was a good little snack. Got a glass of water in me. Yeah. You know? You're almost done with your big, tall Pacifico, oh, your yeah, big, no, I, tall I, Mexican beer we're cracking into. I'm just starting it right now. I put it down. Put it down. <clears throat> we're cracking into a little movie called <clears throat> 200 Cigarettes. Yeah, I remember this being kind of a hip movie. This is from I didn't 1999. See it. I'm going to have to watch how much we actually put on audio wise because there's a lot of music in this movie. Um, so uh, we kind of hear it in the background. We got exactly. fucking I Want Candy in the background. Wait till you see this cast. This is 1999. Look at all these names that pop all, up. All, all the kind of hot young actors yeah. at that time. It's an MTV Productions, obviously. Oh, man. They used to write books, too. The Perks of Being a Wallflowers was like an MTV book. And Lakeshore presents. Yeah. Dog Star Films. Every, every independent film company is like... Dog breath film, fucking yeah, Affleck Wanderers, yeah, Affleck's are in this. Dave Chappelle, Chappelle's in this. Wow, this is a cast. Guillermo Diaz, he's yep. from fucking. Uh, he's been in stuff. Yeah, Angela Featherstone, uh, Janine Garofalo. Wow, yeah, she. Uh, I used to have a crush on her. Gabby Hoffman, used to have of a total fucking crush now on and her. then fame. We have a young Kate Hudson. Whoa, is this pre? Uh, uh, Catherine Kellner. Uh, we have Courtney Love. Wow. What a cast. Uh, we have Brian McCarthy. Okay, that's maybe not. Jay Moore. Jay Moore. Yeah, this is a cast. It's a huge cast. Nicole Parker, famous black actress. Uh, Martha, Martha Plimpton. Plimpton. Dated Matt Dwyer, a friend of mine. No shit. For six months. That's fun. She seems fun. Christina Ricci. Ricci? Whoa. I always had a crush. Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Jesus. Yeah, they got a cast in this uh, one. Both Afflecks are in this movie, exactly. Casey and Ben. That, that was, I want to see who directed this, actually. Okay. We'll get there. It was a woman. Oh, was it Penelope was, uh, Penelope Spheris? Uh, no, 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 it's no, like no. an unknown. I don't think, like, you can't find it. I had to illegally download this. This is, like, it's on my wish list for Google Play. <laughs> like, you can't buy this online. Those, those, my those mom fucking has, my mom credits has, are so late 90s, by the way. My mom has this on VHS. That's how I even saw it. Look at all those executive producers. That that means this movie was in development hell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Betsy Beers. <clears throat> Trying to get this thing across the finish line. Shauna Larson what wrote it. She wrote. Uh, Risa Brahman Garcia. Wow. That never. Yeah. New yep. Year's Eve, New York City, 1981. 81, man. This is yeah, when it was still tough. New York City that can beat this right here, baby. It's good it, music. I'm I think it was it. the well, this oh, yeah, is about this the end of disco, life, too. Like, kind of disco life. dies with this, right? You it, well, am I confusing the last days of disco? Oh, look out. Do cabs even exist anymore? What's that? Oh, cabs? <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Oh, like, dude. I have there are not a, as many of them. If you called one, it would take a long time for it to get there. 
we're definitely past the days. So the premise of this movie, just to cut in so we don't have to watch the whole, I could skip around. Yeah. Uh, they're all going to a New Year's Eve party. Martha Plimpton is throwing a party and the movie is basically everyone's journey to the party. Okay. Uh, Paul Rudd's just broken up with Janine Garofalo and he's being a sad sack. Uh, Dave Chappelle picks up basically everybody in the movie he interacts with at some point through he's him picking him- <laughs> up in a cab. Uh, so Th- those mutton chops are actually not early '80s. I'm sorry. They just people had sideburns then. Those mutton chops are th- th- those sideburns are actually uh, uh, early '70s. They're off on this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm bummed out because now you're Well, maybe they're like, he's they, like stuck in the 70s. It's 81 still. There's but, probably a little 70. Did the 80s hit that hard? No. You want to know the first year of the 80s? The first true year Four, of the 80s? Three. Yeah. When we were watching the All-Star game a couple weeks ago, that, that to me is very much a, a transition time in the That's culture. when New Order hit. You know, 83. Blue Monday. 83 was the, was the transition. The sideburns weren't that well sculpted, too. They were just kind of like hairy. You know? Well, I'm sorry that it's my birthday. Believe me. I'm sorry that I was born at all. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, fuck both of y'all. That's what I say. Fucking Frank. Chappelle. Yeah. Yeah, Courtney Love. She she had a career She's for a while. She's not a bad actress. I'm not opposed to Yeah. She Courtney was Sid and Nancy, too. She was young she and was. Sid and Nancy. Love to love you. Yeah. Love to love you, baby. <clears throat> All right, here's where now we're at Plimpty's. So this is the setup to the party. She's your classic. Uh, no one's going to come to this party. Oh, God. What was I thinking? What? Do you realize yeah. I got this recipe off a box of cream cheese? That, that, that is the oh, Go-Go's. We're good. There's go-go's no way to avoid it. We're not going to be able. We're, this is. I'm going to get flagged aggressively. But yeah. we're putting the episode up. Yeah, I am not going to fucking wait. No one's going to show up at your party. Yes, they will. No. They will show up at Yeah, your party. they do. She passes out drunk Something before they do. I can feel it. Yeah. No one's coming. No, no. The losers will be here. All the people I she hate. She really sunk a lot of money. I've oh never God. gone that hard for a party. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to. Well, it's, you know. I've never bought decorations for a party. <laughs> have you ever bought decorations Absolute, for a party? Absolutely. I've had to. What yeah. party? God, I, I don't even remember it. So I used to have a lot of parties. I, I, I've been to a lot of different parties. In I my had life. a party. What was the best party you ever threw? Was it a young, like, our, my parents are out of town? Have you ever done that? Oh, I did that. I avoided that. It was interesting. My parents were out of town, and I had a big house. My, I mean, I lived in a big house. Four bedrooms. I was in a half acre plot, big house. I just had my immediate friends, like six guys, come up. We we had like a case of beer and smoked pot. That's all it was. Well, the rumor got out that my my parents were out of town. Ooh. People started to fucking knock on the just door. Just come over. And I was like, but there was another party down the street at Mark Levine's house. And I was like, no, man, you got to go to Mark Levine's. I'm not having a party here. I, I had to do that like 15 times, man. Like it was like I had to put the wall up pretty hard. So did you not have the party? No, no. I had with my close friends. That's all it was. I was not going to. Oh, buddy. It, it was I not going to turn into 30, <clears throat> 30, 80 people, whatever, you know. So, so my stepdad and mom went out of town and stupidly we didn't think our neighbors were going to see what we were well, doing course, and rat us out. so that happened yeah. but my mom was cool and didn't tell us this until years later so it started out as one of those things where like we're going to get a few people over yeah but then throughout the day it caught fire yep and it ended up being a 40 person like yeah like a bash we fucking uh, my fucking girlfriend's boyfriend's brother banged his girlfriend in our basement and yeah. we all heard it like yeah. it was a good party yeah smoked weed in the house we had like people in the backyard front you're like it was a party yeah yeah exactly. someone slept in the bathtub yeah exactly yeah exactly and what got us caught is 
I had a case of Heineken left over from the party and I put it in a big box that had a bunch of my sister's shit in it and I put blankets over it <laughs> and it just, I forgot about it. So like a month later, my fucking mom found it and she yeah. just goes, hey, dumbass, if you fucking hide <laughs> your beer next time. But then she told us like, oh yeah, we knew you through that party because the neighbors told her when they got back in yep. town, the neighbors were like, hey, your kids threw a party. But we cleaned up. The only thing I was really worried about is the night of the party, I got drunk and fell into my mom's closet and it came off the hinges. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I put it back, but it was still like not perfect. Yeah. It was like loose, like it moved a little bit. Yeah. Like yeah it wasn't yeah. completely. And she's going to notice that. She didn't notice that. She found alcohol. Yeah. And the neighbors fucking ratted us out those fucking weird fucking swinging hippies. She yeah. used to sell sex toys, our neighbor. She would have like dildo parties where they would God. like have all the, the passion ladies, parties. All the ladies come over and they would fucking flick their beans in the bathroom and shit. <laughs> God. So these are some New York fucking. This is Christina Ricci and Gabby Hoffman. They're from the fucking Long Island and they're coming in for this New Year's Eve party. Guys, but they're weird like her. Hey. That's okay. I like weird guys. I mean, I can get into that shit. So where's this yeah. party? New so York was still no. New York then. It was oh, not what yeah. it is no, now. No, she freaks out because they're like in like on Avenue B. Like yeah, Gabby low, Hoffman is like, City. Yeah, Gabby yeah, Hoffman is like terrified. Yeah, well, Lower East Side. Right I remember going to the Lower East Side in the 90s and it was still rough around the air. My, so my buddy was a cokehead. And he would just, we'd be at a bar and all of a sudden he would, where'd he go? And he would go out for like an hour and he'd come back with like a bunch of coke. And he would just go out and like do some outside, bring it into the bar. It was just, you know, and I think he just liked walking the streets and like feeling the energy of it, man. Listen to their accent. I'm carrying around in that pocketbook, a fucking Encyclopedia Britannica. I got makeup and shit in there. Makeup and shit? In oh, there. That's just great. We're totally fucked on New Year's Eve with a pocketbook full of makeup and this shithole building address. What should we do? There's nothing we can do. We're I like fucked. Christina Ricci. I find her attractive. She's good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, before he went completely crazy, I was at a party with Owen Benjamin. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and he told me she is a psychopath. Uh, he dated her for a long time, and he was like, he wasn't even sounding massage. He was just like, you can tell when he when I brought it up because like that he yeah. was like, oh yeah, you dated Christina Ricci, and he th gave me the look like it, like he had to go to therapy after their breakup. Like she was I guess so she has she her. has real kind of like issues. Oh, that, well, of like, course, well, she's like an he actor. said, he was like, dude. He was like, she's fucking nuts. Yeah, I could believe that. I mean, whatever. It's, you know, the whole thing. I know a couple of actors. Uh, Adam Goldberg has said the same thing about her. Oh, oh, interesting. That like I've a few actors that have dated her have been like, dude, she's a little she's a little off that Christina Ricci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, here's Affleck, you know. Yep. He's a he's a bartender. <laughs> fucking like a lumberjack. Go out with her. It was a long time ago. It was a long, long time ago. Is that supposed to be Grace Jones? I don't know. She was in a. She was in a, a Boogie Nights. That's Nicole Parker. Yeah, she was in Boogie Nights. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She's like upset, so she's dating this fucking British uh, guy? Irish guy. Irish? The Irish guy is Martha Plimpton's ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And she is now upset that they're going to a party at his ex's house. My, my buddy Matt Dwyer said that he was very intimidated by Martha Plimpton's friend. It was like, you know, Tom Stopper. You know? yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, I, I, her father was... Uh, a playwright, wasn't oh, he? Oh, I think her father was the guy my, my, my buddy is writing a... Uh, oh, uh, Sam he's Shepherd. like a Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard. I, I what about I, George Plimpton? 
no, the no, guy yeah, that no. used to talk in the baseball documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he's, uh, back in the, the southern days, the baseball. Well, he, he, he wrote a book about every sport. Paper Paper Lion was one of his books where he actually played. He went to like the training camps. He talked like Mister Feeney from Boy Meets well, he World. He was a lockjaw. I had the old school British like New England well, accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a, a continental, almost like a Grace Kelly thing. Yeah, lockjaw when he'd speak, you know. And yes, when I played for the Detroit Lions. He can. He said. He said the most close knit team is hockey teams. Hockey teams are truly the most close knit team. You know. But he went. He went to like a spring training one year. You know, uh, did, uh, with like a, a team. He read a book on his experience. That was sort of his big thing. Yeah. He was. He also did the, the documentary on uh, when when we were kings about the Ali. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That got made into a movie. Like well, yeah, a movie, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a documentary with. Pardon me, Jesus, with with Ali go. and um, and Foreman, their fight. It's a great documentary, actually. Norman Mailer is interviewed in it too. It, it's dated, but it's good because Norman. They show pictures of Norman Mailer because Norman Mailer went there in seventy four. You hear that name and you're like, that guy killed himself. Norman Mailer, he just died at old age. Yeah, he wrote the Executioner song, but a uh, Gary Gilmore. Gary Gilmore was the first, you know, uh, execution in the country in nine years because the death penalty was made illegal from 67 Gary to Gilmore David's brother used to just hang around at the concerts at it the was Pink deemed cruel and unusual but then that was a big thing the right did damn it we're gonna kill these people because these liberal judges are letting them off they want people to murder your family that's what they want Willie Horton my god these liberals are gonna just oh they're gonna let everyone out of the fucking prison look at him 80s dancing she wants to yeah. bang here we go we got Kate Hudson she's about to go on a date with Jay Moore who's the asshole of the movie it's Kate uh, Hudson's sweet, obviously. She racially cool. profiles Dave Chappelle here. Wait. Uh, no. No, no you're going to rob me. This was her. Her. This is before Always Famous. You're going to. Uh, almost Famous. Or no, right, Almost right, Famous was like 98. I think no, this was right almost after. it was 2000. Was it? Yeah, I think it was 2000. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <clears throat> 20 years ago. Yeah. 20 fucking years oh, ago. Oh, I'm getting old, baby. There you are. Fucking A, man. I'm ancient. So, like, that's what I... So, you remember 81. Absolutely. How many cars like that were around? Like, those big, boxy, like, fucking boat cars. Oh, the, the, like they the were the compact still, car hadn't yet to catch fire. It, it was just starting to happen because the late 70s and OPEC and the oil embargo killed the, the big automobile. It killed it. So, they changed a lot of the design to, like, plastic parts. It used to be all metal, or not all, but a lot of it, more metal. They made them lighter. The K car, which was the Chrysler product that saved Chrysler in the early 80s and made in 1981. That was like a smaller car, like a Ford Fairmont. We had Ford Fairmonts. That's what I grew Hornets. up with. You know, well, that was an AMC product. <coughs> uh, it started to get a little bit more fuel efficient by the early 80s, but the big boxy car was still around. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Chevy Novas were little hot rods. Oh, yeah. Novas were good. That was kind of a hip car. I remember the Nova You can turn cool. Novas into like hot rods, actually. Yeah. No, the Novas were okay, man. I, I mean, if I had the money to buy it, I would buy a 69 Fury 3. I had one for four years. He convinces her. She's adorable in this movie. She's. Well, he yeah. convinces her to get in the cab. Well, she's she's cool. You know? <coughs> I yeah. like her. I'm a fan of hers. I, I like her acting. I think she's. Uh, Hollywood star, Hollywood royalty. Absolutely. Rock you know. Hudson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> His beard. <laughs> well, it was Goldie Hawn and like some who else? Well, well, it, Who's it was, the Hudson? Well, Hudson was, it was some actor that wasn't a known actor, but basically her father was Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. That's basically who she was essentially yeah, raised Yeah, she was by. raised by him. Yeah, I mean, or from a very young age. You know, this is the worst when your friend is clearly being like, I don't think people are going to come. Yeah, well, it's because you're nervous because you're still a half an hour beforehand. <laughs> Do people still write things on matchbook covers? No, but see that. So that's the the redhead that's with her. 
gave him his her number. Getting a number that was like a threshold. Well, you there passed. was no other way to get a hold well, of somebody well, back in the nineties. As a guy, I got her number, man. I got her number. If if you look, if you watch Swingers, look, they're it's sharing about, a cig. Yep. He was the most successful artist I've dated this year, and he was kind of nice, you know. Yeah, being Please, an artist. Too nice. You Andy Going Warhol. Like, oh, I think this is all like what's the area where the comedy cellar is? Like the village. I think this is well, all the well, village. Well, well, well the uh, Alphabet City, Lower East Side, where my buddy owned a condo. Who knows nothing about real estate? The, the market was so hot, he bought it for a hundred and six thousand dollars and sold it for two hundred and twenty thousand dollars one year later. Nice. One year later, and from two thousand to two thousand and one. And then he bought a bunch of cocaine. Well, well, he actually went. He bought a house in City Island, which is actually northern. God, and I remember her. His Manhattan friends were like, "Oh my God, how can you go to City Island?" Oh, all those weird, like, New York classist things. How could you possibly go to City Island? It's actually kind of cool. I like City Island. Look at you know? a lot of number given. Do, do, do you know who lived in City the Island? The pressure of hanging on to that napkin. Well, exactly. Oh, yeah, that was something you had to keep. As soon as you lose the number, you're like, fuck, I like that girl. Yeah. That woman. Getting the number, that, that was broad, a big Let's thing. face it, Crow. You were calling them broads. No. Skirts. I, I, not then. No, but I, I was afraid of women. I still am. When did Sam Kinison hit? When did he start screaming about broads? Uh, I first thought of him as like in 86. Uh, and then he was in Back to School. Back to School was a big movie, obviously, when you think of Sam Kinison. Who was the president in 81? Reagan? Uh, Reagan got elected, yeah. Just Reagan got was, elected? was elected in 80, became president in January of 81. And the beginnings of all the things we're experiencing now, which have always been there, the beginnings of his policies, the long-term effect of his policies, uh, we feel today. For example, uh, not funding uh, mental health institutions. There's not the infrastructure in place to deal with mental illness like there used to be. State used to have more of a role in that. Now it doesn't have that role. And now there are more homeless people as a result because you're always going to have a certain percentage of people in this country, in this world, that are mentally ill and, and families cannot deal with. They just can't deal with them. So what happens? They end up on the street, which I find rather inhumane. I actually find that cruel. Uh, and not appropriate and actually inexpensive and dirty and messy. And, and I just think that uh, there could be better ways of managing that population. Eventually, the mentally ill get managed by our prison system and by work that I do. We're not really set up for that. I'm not a mental health facility person. I know nothing about counseling or anything. I, I know finance. It's funny. Right now, I'm imagining yeah. being at a New Year's party and, and just having this. Some, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've ruined many a first date. Many a first date. Talking about politics. Yeah. Oh, she's upset. She's upset that they're on Avenue B. So, do you want to stop and get a drink? I don't know. Do you? Yes, yes. So, I that's do. there. Right. Do you, what's your opinion on someone like that who, when you suggest a plan, they're like, whatever you want to do? Uh, you know something as the guy you got to make the decision yeah uh and i i'm not always comfortable with that because my mom was so particular and didn't want to be boss around because her second wave feminism made her very touchy about certain things men did and that was one of the things she didn't like was being told what to do because that was obviously what happened to her with her father so she projected that out onto all men including men who were actually eight years old who were going to be men and then distorting distorting their perceptions of reality yeah so so <laughs> anyway affecting so, their life but yeah, yeah you, you have to be assertive a, a woman wants you to be a decisive i figure we use the whatever we're going to watch of this movie we got week two nfl They're willing to go with you Week two NFL. What do you think? What do you since the games are literally going on as we do this podcast? Essentially, uh, people just, are listening to this. The season's already over. On Sunday, the Queens. The Queens are in transition, 
and they blow. Although my fantasy team, my fantasy team, I think I'm going to be okay. I think, yeah, I had fucking uh, one of the Cincinnati fucking players. Oh, I had Chubb. I had Nick Chubb. I had Nick Chubb. Well. Yeah, I had he Nick well. Chubb. Yeah, and I'm playing. I'm a, I am played a couple of good teams, and I think I'm going to beat them both. And they're, they're two of the top six teams in the league. And I'm so what do you – this is – I was thinking of this because I was listening to a radio show, and it's one of my favorite shows, but they were getting into – and this is where I started getting annoyed with fucking capitalism is – they were complaining. This is that, not like, capitalism we live in. It's a corporatocracy. That they were like, oh, yeah. And then before the game, everybody's pandering, doing their kneeling. That's what a lot of the comics are calling that the NFL kneeling. They're all pandering. The NFL is just pandering. What does that even mean? My thing, no, well, they're pissed off of pandering people getting murdered. Is a, pandering is a word people use only to talk about left-wing stuff. Like, you could be pandering just saying the word pandering. To me, pan- saying something is pandering is just pandering to fucking right-wing asshole shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're big against... Why people argue against it is like, well, the people are not watching, and now uh, the fucking league's not going to get a good television deal next time, and they're not going to be able to pay the players as much. Like someone said, like, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson make $40 million each. How could they think the league is racist? It it is... (sighs) That like, what does that a, have to do with the, the like yeah. they could just because they begrudgingly also the team pays them, not the fucking not Roger Goodell. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a they make money if you make money. Bill Russell. OK, Bill Russell was the dominant player of the NBA in the 1960s. Now, times are different now. 1960s when he bought a house in, in, in Boston, people broke into it and rubbed shit on his walls. This is probably one of the most famous people in the city, probably one of the most famous people in the country. And that happened to him. So what if he made money? Which he probably didn't make a lot of money back then. But as an ad, so what if you make money? People can still burn a cross in your fucking yeah. neighborhood. People still feel superior to you. You know that that is a problem. But you know, it's I, just, I used to even agree with the, this, but I'm getting sick of it now. The whole like, well, you're the NFL. You shouldn't be involved in politics at all. You like you should just focus oh, I'm on football. I'm so sick of that too. You know, you know, let them do what they want to do for crying out loud. You know, you, you, they got you coming or going with their racism. You know, it's just like, uh, the, uh, oh, 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 my God, you ruined it. What oh, did you do? Boom. Oh, my God. The date's gone crazy. Oh, my <laughs> God. What's going to happen more is not going to step oh, up to the plate. Oh, she's running in the bathroom. Yeah. What you do at that point is you actually. Well, also, that looks like a bar of people speaking nothing but Turkish and Ukrainian. <laughs> By the way, I want to go to a bar like that again. I want to see because that's what Chicago bars were like. They were small. Oh, they're on Avenue B. Yep. They're in the dangerous. Someone just hopped out of a fucking car. They stole a battery because they stole a battery. You know? He was in that hood. I tell you what, I'm telling you. Crime was literally that blatant, I think, in the city at that oh, time. Oh, the com- comic Giannis Papas grew up in New York in like the 70s and 80s. And yeah. he said he got when he was 12, he got stabbed like walking down the street. Oh, I could believe that. Yeah. That, like someone just fucking tried to rob him and stab him. Yeah, it, it was extremely. It is just not honest to God. Manhattan. No, it's still Manhattan. It's Manhattan. It's New York City. It's just kind of it's kind of safe and dull now. I mean, it's still got an excitement to it, but it's not what it once was. It's not the Basquiat, whatever that that artist is. It's not that whole thing of like that era of New York is long gone. That is long. I remember hearing about this area when I was like a kid. Never saw someone carrying a jam box down the street. Uh, uh, I saw it many times when I was a kid in D.C., Many times, Big jam box era. Absolutely, man. Co- hold them up to your ear. Absolutely, they made those illegal on the L in Chicago because it, they didn't want your music to be too loud. You know, mm. the punk guys, the punk scene was something, man. 
So you, you have she to go, fucking, you have to go comfort her. That's what you do, right? As she a guy. makes it worse. Well, she's in the female bathroom. But you but you wait for her outside, right? Don't yeah. you wait for? Is that? What you, oh, is that he the waits. Move? He's not. He didn't hey. leave. But look at her. She she drops the lipstick in the fucking sink that's filled with. I remember that era. That was like my childhood, where you'd go into a bathroom and it was like kind of unhealthy to be in there. Yeah. Yeah, and she got a stain um, on it. Yep. I would just leave it. Like, she makes it worse. Yeah, You're making exactly. it worse. Yeah, just... just. But then she goes back for the lipstick. She reaches her hand in there to get the lipstick. Yeah, there's probably razor blades in there. Oh, dude, yeah, I remember that's that. shit water. Yeah, exactly. That is fecal oh, matter in there. God. So when I was a kid, I drank... Have you ever drank a pop that had ashes in it or cigarette butts Mistakenly in it? one time and spit it out immediately. My dad used to... Before he moved into the basement of my grandparents, he stayed in this little tiny room that we used to call the office because it had a desk attached to the wall yeah. and then like a bed and a TV in front of the bed. That is what you were able to fit in this room. Jesus. And he used to have pop cans everywhere because he w- didn't drink for a few years. Yep. And I took a big ass drink of this pop and it was just soaked with cigarette butts. Oh. And I just remember it burned. <sighs> yeah. I didn't puke, but I wanted to. It scarred me for a yeah. long time. Of course, we're talking about it now. Yeah. That memory. Yeah, I've done that I distinctly before. remember it. I I've also remember him always telling me multiple times that my sister was conceived in that room. Jesus. Because there was three bedrooms in that house and there were six kids. So they each, it was like three to a bedroom. <laughs> God. <But> once, <laughs> I like, want to hear that. Once enough kids. This is where out, your sister. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it. No, no, I'm saying exactly. I'm yeah. saying you meaning you. You didn't want to hear that. There's obviously. Elvis Costello. There we go. They didn't know it was him. He ends up at the party. Because it's such a hip party that like, hey, yeah, it started out like it's a bad thing, but it ended up being a good thing. Yeah. It's the best New Year's party we ever had. Do you want to skip a little bit? Hey, it's fine, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Look Ooh. at that. Got- uh, I remember going to the Lower East Side in 1990. I went to Ooh, Max go Fish. Away. We'll see how long we can get into them. Yeah, it's cool, man. Let's do it. That's fine. It's, it's only good. an hour and 41 minutes. It's all good, man. It's all good. That's also when you know it's pre-2000s because mo- like this is an hour and 41 minutes and I bet you part of the reason it wasn't as big as they were like this is a little long like i remember when out movies were like an hour and 20 minutes uh, you know i i always thought of them as being two hours and it got shortened down two hours which to me down. was long as a kid though like star wars is two hours long. yeah yep. my dad used to do that bullshit when he would pass out drunk <sighs> yeah but i was there like the apartment wasn't gonna the the house wasn't gonna burn down yeah yep but, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, like... She's nodding off from heroin. She went and shot up in the uh, Yeah. In the no, bathroom. she's just bored because her friend's boring, you know? Hey! Hey! hey. Wake up! She's got a ring watch. She's got a watch that's a ring. Yeah. See how she it's looks at it? Yeah. Yeah, 925 is early. The 80s, to me, also rings of the beginning of when little trinkets from Taiwan came into the United oh, yeah, States. Absolute Ring watches and fucking... Stone rocks, pet rocks. Pet rocks were big in the late seventies. They were big. There was more of a seventies thing, but definitely like the the trinkets, the swag era. And and, you know, it was also like um, uh, there was still this sort of like kind of retro, like being into like fifties, like sort of like late fifties, like uh, that was kind of a hip thing to be into. You were a hipster in the eighties if you were kind of like B fifty twos, had a beehive hairstyle or something, or like. The punk rock scene was very influenced by like the thin leather tie. That was a tie in the late fifties, you know. So like that kind of look, fashion wise, looked back on that era. Like that was definitely a a thing that was a a look back then, you know. Coloring because he everything was earth tone in the seventies, but then it got bright in the eighties. So by eighty three, eighty four, that's when it got really bright. My grand, I remember we 
before my grandparents got new furniture in the 90s, they had this ugly ass canary yellow with like <laughs> almost Capricorn orange and brown shit. On of course, it. earth tones were dominant. I swear to God, Reagan took his hand off the Bible and that immediately changed. And then that and the NASL went up belly up. So the yeah. North American Soccer League and kids didn't play soccer anymore. They played football. I remember we are American. That's what we do. My dad's house had paneling in the hallway. Oh, yeah. Big in the late 70s. Well, when I grew up in a townhouse in the late 70s, my parents first got split up. The, the, the basement was all wood paneling. Wood paneling. And what was on that paneling, Crocious? Playboy centerfolds. Uh, you, not mine, but I remember going over to friends of mine's houses and their parents let them have Playboy centerfields. Uh, centerfields. Put me in cold. I'm ready to play. Speaking no. of centerfields, what I watched <laughs> earlier today was the Billy Bob Bad News Bears. Ooh, that one. Was it okay? Was it bad? Was it okay? I think it's less dirty. Yeah. Then the like, it's only dirty because Billy Bob Thornton is just like, hey, dummy. <laughs> like the original yeah, you, Bad News Bears is a little hardcore. Oh, yeah, it is not PC. My, my supervisor at my job has kids. Walter Matthau's calling his players fucking chinks. And oh, shit. oh, yeah. The racial thing is all over the place, man. I, I think it's funny. I remember seeing it in the theater and loving it as a kid because it was a baseball themed movie. I loved it. I was seven. So years. I'm going to spoil another it. thing for you. So it's the fine. whole time. So they're trying to ditch him. They are now ditching him by saying, like, a, an ex-boyfriend that I just thought was lost has called me, and I'm going to go out with him. Um, it ends up, he threw questioning, because everyone breaks up with him. Yeah. And you find out that he's terrible in bed. Like, yeah. everyone tells him, you're the worst lover I've ever had, unequivocally. God, sounds like me one time. When I had my rebound from Candace, there was a woman that I had a kind of a yeah. thing with. You got to learn four to not years, cry through it. I, 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 for four years, I had kept maintaining this relationship, text relationship with her. Knew she was into me. She'd just gotten divorced. She'd just gotten divorced. I just broke up out of a long-term oh, relationship. A we had we had makeup sex. This okay? is where he finds out that he's terrible in bed. He's badgering her the whole time. Uh, we had makeup sex, okay? And she was really like... Uh, like her aggression, she started punching me in the middle of sex, which I found very odd. And I mean, like full on rage filled slamming her. I mean, I, I don't She wanted to get fucked or something. It was. Yeah. She literally, I mean, was like punching me hard. I was like, what's going on? This is not really turning me on. OK, Crocious, if there's what, anything high school, if Jesus there's anything Christ, that feminist literature has taught me, it's that women want to come too. What? Well, yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> All the alt comics I hung out with in Chicago always would like. I don't know how much I believe. Like they all made it seem like they were these fucking like, like I read a lot of feminist pamphlets as a kid. Like where? Yeah. Were they being handed? Where? <laughs> were they being handed out at your junior high? You mean this you? We realizes he's. Yeah. Oh shit. Ow. All right. So at this point, Courtney Love and Paul Rudd have agreed to bang. Because okay. they're just like, we need to get you out of this funk. Let's fuck. And they're about to bang in this bathroom, and Janine Garofalo catches them because he's wearing shoes that she bought him. By the way, I don't even... Yeah, having a tattoo back in the early 80s, that was a... I mean, you, were, you were making a, a saucy statement. gal. You know? This is a saucy gal. Make sure my mom doesn't see your fucking Notre Dame logo on your shoulder. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. your pot of gold with a rainbow in it. <laughs> yeah, that was like if you if you had a, an ankle tattoo. Wow, you maybe were, a toe ring to go with it. It's oh, like, oh you, you were cutting edge, you know. Then of course, like everything in this country gets over, it gets overblown. They're making out. They're making out. 
come on. Yeah, so that was kind of weird makeup sex that I had with her. She was a pretty woman too, but she was punching me repeatedly. And I mean like flailing in the punches. Face? In, in like the torso. That's and, fucking uh, sick, dude. And, and was just like, and I, I mean, and it went on for a, like it literally was like, I was kind of getting out of bed. Like this is fucking weird, you know? Kelly, uh, th that's perfect. Perfect. Look at that hair. Good for you. Yeah. I feel like this was a big uh, wacky suit jacket on women era. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that that, that was a look. Your that Paula look. Poundstone yeah, look. That was a look. Isn't in this the an incredible yeah, coincidence? It's incredible. Oh oh, they dated, <laughs> right? Incredible. Yeah, they. But they oh, are. he's been trying to get over her the whole yeah, movie. Yeah. That this is the girl. He's she's a performance artist, and they were walking down the street. Ugh. They were walking down the street, and he saw an advertisement for her show. He was kicking it, and he right? says a funny line. He goes. He goes, she knew I'd be here, and she put this here deliberately. <laughs> the whole... <laughs> I've thought that sort of thing. <laughs> the, the, the whole, I mean, the performance artists of the 80s, when you see the awful play Rent, it is that, that to me, that's what like the spoken word was of the late 90s. The whole, like, and then I was walking down the street, like that, like emphasizing a lame word long... Performance, like, man, I'm going to be in your face and loud. It's all performance artists was back then was just being blunt and loud. And if people can't handle it, we'll go to Santa Fe. Man, oh, God. Because that's where artists go, Keith. Rent is such Santa crap. Fe probably does rule, though. Oh, oh, I've been there. I've been to Santa Fe. It's uh, <coughs> not a cheap place to live. No. It is a, an no. expensive. It's East Coast and West Coast money is gone. I mean, there. to run that air conditioning? Come on. You know, uh, but that whole air, that air, air conditioning. Mexico? Oh, look, it's a George Harrison concert. Now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this if, is Indian food. I want to go to an Indian food place like this. I, this I, is an ethnic restaurant here. Jack? I, I, I had it. Oh. Hi. Is that a woman he's like fooling around with? Or? I can't believe you don't remember my name. Yeah. This is what you find out that he like, he's a player. He's constantly banging these girls. But, and this is where it's kind of the misogyny angle, even though this is written by a woman. His problem is, is that every woman he fucks around with falls in love with him. Wow. You said you'd be God, gone all I, week. I, I'd hate to have that dilemma in my life. Also. The opposite happens with me. <laughs> a good job. <laughs> they that, come to their senses and say, Abort mission. What this, Go away. What this movie does a so. good job of, too, is it links the characters to where, like, uh, Paul Rudd and Courtney Love, uh, when they're in a diner, she, Courtney Love tells Paul Rudd that, like, oh, yeah, your girlfriend slept with Jack. And he's like, Jack? And it's this, and then you find out in a little bit that he's Jack. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, this whole this dude they've been complaining about the whole movie you find out it's, it's him. him it's revealed that way yeah and then like f like you just find out that all these characters are kind of related in a way yeah so there's a loose net uh, yeah, yeah link that's why it's an interesting and compelling script right you know she ate a hot pepper so she's down for the count she's crying so all these bad things kind of happen oh to her it's the, the worst date, date on earth yeah exactly. and then like they end up having a good date but she ends up dumping him because like we could even fucking flip around and go to it, maybe, if I could find it. It's okay. Um, so they're, like, uh, about to be, like, I'm just going to fucking take you home. And then... They're still talking about him? She says, like, Jack, I love you. I think I love you. Can I hear that dialogue <laughs> again when, when she when she meets uh, Jay Moore's character? I just want to... Can you go back to that? It's like, like two, three minutes. When she meets him? Well, not, when Kate, a... not when Kate Hudson meets oh, him. Oh, okay, yeah. When, when, when the woman that he had sex with, and he doesn't remember her name, meets him. All right. Maybe more specific. Sorry. Here we go. Okay, here we go. I just want to hear this. See this Jack? exchange. 
Uh, hi. Um, Cheryl. Cheryl. Right. I can't believe you don't remember my name. What are you talking? Have you ever about? forgotten a woman's name? Cheryl. Just, yeah, of course. I just said Cheryl. I, I just so, forget people's uh, names. How, I'm not how good with things? names. You said you were going out of town for New Year's Eve. Really? I said that. That's um. That's. It's that, funny. I don't remember saying. You said you'd be gone all week. Oh, I, I did say that. You know, uh, I have, so he's you know caught in his lie. Be like, I am gone, baby. I'm on acid. The Lamont Ludes, honey. To L.A. to audition for a sitcom. Big lewd time. I can't believe I was stupid enough to care about you, Jack. Uh, look, uh, Cheryl. Just do me a favor. Don't call me again. Okay. Jerk. Good to see you too, Cheryl. <laughs> Uh, have, now every have, woman in the restaurant despises him because they know what they've he all is. seen it. They've all seen that. But then we'll still vote for Trump. That's what we'll do, even though he represents everything is awful well, about men. At this point, they're voting for Reagan. Yeah, God, for Ronnie. Hey, oh. did you see uh, Reagan? She's in the bathroom crying because yeah. she ate a hot chili. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I, you know this is you know, this is a, a star-studded cast. Though, oh, it man. is. It's a good movie. I like this is my dream. This is a plotless plot movie. Like it's all about the journey to something. Like it's not the plot is very simple. They're on yeah. their way to a New Year's party and the yeah. movie is the obstacles that they encounter along the way. Exactly. Very exactly. simple. Friday, another one of my favorite yep. movies. Two yep. black guys sitting on a porch and just shit happens and to them. And their neighbors are coming up to them the whole yep. movie. Exactly. I I you know I you know, I have my read today. I have. I, I'm still decompressing from that. Had the table read, Keith. So uh, I had an idea for this fucking thing, where I would be the main guy, but I don't say anything the whole thing. It would be a short where it's just me going to going up, like getting to public transit stops, like train stops and bus stops, uh-huh. and the whole thing is just someone talking to me. Whether it's a business person complaining about something or me listening to a phone conversation or a homeless person, like 15 minutes of just, because you know how when you're waiting at a train and you like don't want to talk, like someone's talking at you and you're trying yeah. to ignore them. Like, yeah. I just, I like the challenge of being able to do that, like 15 minutes of just someone talking to somebody. And the main character is the one that's not saying anything the whole time. He's just reacting. And then the second that train comes, fade to black. Have you, have you ever seen uh, Slacker? Richard. Linkletter oh, that's Slacker. a Richard Linklater movie, doesn't it? It's like it's like about a cab driver, right? It, it is. Well, that to me, like that was a Gen X movie. Oh, man. Kevin Smith I mean, that said was, that's his. That's his. Uh, he got inspired to make Clerks when he saw yeah, Slacker. Absolutely, and, and I mean, I saw it three times in the theater in college because I felt like it just captured my. For people who don't know, the guy who made so well. Slacker made uh, Dazed and Confused. Exactly, uh, but successful director. And then Woodstock later on in the 2000s. And then did he also do like Scanner Darkly? I think yes. he did. He, he's done a lot of different, but but one of his early Waking, successes, Waking Life. Yeah, and then and then he uh, he, uh, he did Slacker, and it was it was filmed in Austin. So it's about a college town. And essentially, the camera—you're the character, and you just—you just essentially eavesdrop on all these conversations that go on. So these broads have met up with Affleck at some point, who still has the responsibility of keeping Courtney Love's bullshit lipstick number, which is a bad move on her part. She knows that's going to smear. Yep. Affleck, she knows the game him. she's playing. I think he's changed fucking shirts. He's—he's he's thin there. 
He's, he's oh, not he's as much, young. He's young. Yeah, this he's is not, before he started hitting that bottle hard. Yeah, yeah. I think he hit the sauce. I think he likes the sauce. I think the divorce from that Jennifer Gardner girl really broke his heart. Really? Yeah. I'll, he was married to her for a while, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, they have yeah. children. Eesh, that's rough. They've you know? got children. Ugh. I don't. Want... Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would never want to put my kids. Look, he's in got that... the one little earring. My dad had a little diamond earring. The one yeah. little diamond tiny earring. Absolutely. There was this little kid in my second grade class named Austin who had like a hoop earring in one ear. Yeah. I thought he was the coolest. He had a girlfriend, and I was for sure it was because he had an earring. <laughs> that was his angle. Yeah. Having, having it in the left ear was like, if you put it in the right ear back then, you were gay. Yep. You were deemed gay. Because Elton John had it in his, his right, right ear. His right ear. But in the left ear, was like you were heterosexual. But that was right, a big thing. But I'm telling you, dude, Elton John pounds everything. <laughs> Hello, Larry. Yeah. No, uh, he was uh, Elton John. He, he was the butt of jokes because he was like ACDC, oh. man. I mean, uh, this is a, a hey, at one time in the 70s. He was the butt of a lot of guys. You know, what there I'm you saying? go, buddy. Hey. Bada boom. There you go. So these two broads have met up with Casey Affleck. They snuck into a rock club like these two were like it looked like they were stalking him. But then you find out that Casey Affleck is like this huge pussy. Yeah. He's just like a punk kid. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, and Gabby Hoffman's still upset because she's not. What else has Gabby Hoffman been? In? Uh, now and then. Was there some TV? Is that was a TV show? Or uh, that's a movie about little girls in the '60s. Like it's Demi Moore, Rosie O'Donnell, whoop, and then like a like oh, they yeah. play the adult version, and then yes. they tell the story of their childhood. Yes, she plays young Demi Moore. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. This she's is, in a bunch of shit too. She by the way, big, this is a very. It didn't. I went to bars. This like hypes this. me up, dude. I'm old enough to I look at... I fucking love punk bars, dude. Yeah, uh, this reminds me of uh, when I would go to bars, when I first started going to bars. <clears throat> this is a bit too controlled. So check though. this out. This is her transition. So she's like about to blow her top and then watch the music changer. So she's walking through the pit. This is not rocking music, by the way. So she's... Fe- she starts feeling the groove, dude. She starts feeling the violence of the pit. And she gets into it. She gets into it, dude. <laughs> yeah, this is not truly bad punk. <laughs> She's transitioning. You can see it. She knows, man. She just knows. She's letting go finally. Yeah. There she goes. <laughs> the the punk scene was... I, I remember going in the pit... I quit going in the pit at 25. 19, I was done, dude. I, I was done. I was done by my. I, I said I, I didn't go. I I've I been a, elbowed. I've been punched. Yeah, I've, I've been, been kicked. kicked by fucking crap. I can't do it anymore. At you, some point, you want to yeah. watch the concert. Exactly. I. Uh, I'll say this much: the the roughest pit I ever went in my entire life. This is a good one. It was. Uh, it was. It was not the Circle Jerks. It was God, what the fuck? The Butthole Surfers. I went to a Butthole Surfers uh, concert when I was 20 years old. And, and it, it was an outdoor concert, and I got into the pit, and I look up, and there's a guy. <laughs> he's on, like, a tractor trailer, and he jumped off the end of the tractor trailer and just kicked this guy. Right. And it was, like, a 15-foot jump. Like, it was a substantial jump, and he just kicked this guy right in the face as he was landing. You know, It was, like, right so next to me. So the hardest was pit violent. I was ever in 
was at this small little place. It was at a band called Coal Chamber. Coal Chamber was like a new metal fucking like. Okay. Yeah, you're of that weird generation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so there was this place in Chicago Heights, Illinois. I forget what it was called, but it, it was basically in a strip mall. It was, it was next, called the Fireside it was, Bowl. It was yeah. next. I love the Fireside Bowl. Do you know I never bowl. saw a concert there? I saw. I never. I saw Coheed and Cambria at the Fireside Bowl before they were famous. They're my generation's Rush, if you don't yeah, know yeah. Coheed and Cambria. Okay, okay. They sound exactly like Rush. Yeah, they're tight. Experimental, tight. Fucking here's how you know how tight they are. The lead singer, Claudio Sanchez, has this big afro. He was fucking hammered, dude. Like, he was introing songs by... Slurring, like, he would be like, this next song likes basketball. And then they would like... Wah, wah, like they yeah. would just get into this intricate tight fucking song yeah it was a long show so for people who don't know the fireside bowl is a bowling alley yep in the west on the like in logan square yeah in it's Chicago. on armitage i think isn't and it it's on uh armitage fullerton. Or fullerton. Fullerton. it's on fullerton yeah. just yeah. off fucking milwaukee God, I'm, I'm um, rusty on my chicago so with so they would have concerts in the bowling alley they would basically put up a plywood barrier yep. right where the lanes start and then in the in the little strip of like you know when you walk into a bowling alley and you have yeah. the carpeted area yeah and then which you, was a rough carpet and then I bowled you, there a couple and times. then you step on the floor and it's like where the bowling ball racks are and those seats those little round seats where you would sit yes yes and then once the wood for the bowling alley started, they would put up the barrier. So you had everything before that to sit. It was tight. It was claustrophobic. Maybe 150 people should fit in there. They yeah. would put about 400 in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. The place was packed. I know that. I never Not went to a show code. there. Every, like what made that place famous for me is one of my favorite bands is Alkaline Trio. Oh, yeah. And every year on Halloween, Alkaline Trio would do an unannounced Halloween show at the Fireside Bowl where they would do misfit covers all night. <laughs> and you had to just know about it. They didn't advertise it. Well, I mean, you know about it now. You're saying the date of it. You know, so how much of a mystery was well, it? Well, because you just had to, you had to be a fan of the band. And once you did, you know, like, oh, they play yeah. a Halloween show. Yeah. But you couldn't like, oh, I'll wait for tickets to go on sale, like, because you had to just go to the the bowl and buy yeah. tickets. Yeah, exactly. Never, well, yeah. But you said you said you were in the pit. The so most violent I pit. went. Okay, so cold chamber. Uh, but this is a early because I this wasn't a pit. This was like claustrophobic. So it was fireside bowl. Yeah. And fucking, there were like four hundred people. This fucking guitar guy played for like three hours. So that wasn't a pit, but it was like tight i almost passed out but the coal chamber was fucking at this little strip mall next to an ace hardware uh yeah chicago heights decided to open up a rock club for the fucking hillbilly teenagers <sighs> i'm sure they were just like shit we got to do something and man. they got coal chamber for some reason <laughs> and i remember people like getting into fist fights it was like yeah. that was kind of the moment for me where i was like i don't think i can hang with this yeah also at that place uh, my dad's friend was there one time and someone put a gun to the back of his head and pulled the trigger but it misfired Jesus Christ. Like I remember him calmly telling me that and I'm being like, wait, so it like he was like, oh no, it could have killed him. Yeah, like it's like, a, a, like authentically a violent place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I remember I went to a concert with Hole. It was like a, a, a dinosaur junior bad religion. Yeah. Uh it was pretty I mean it's a pretty good bill. And it, it was at the UIC pavilion and a big place, larger venue. And I remember I went there with a woman and I just I was like, I'm not going into that. I'm too I'm 24, 25 years old now. I can't go in there. I can't. And, and that's what I was. A, that was the very beginnings of me not feeling like a teenager. This is their dates right. crumbled. Cheryl, 
And then I'll go to the end and we can wind it, it down. Matter. You're in love with the sure. show person? Yeah, man, no, I, I'm no, trying to I'm sweat a bit too much of it with the, uh, the, the, the I live in these headphones. I'm used to it. Let's, yep. Let's just forget everything. And, and, and we'll I've never understood Jay Moore's career. I, I, I here's, make... here's what his, he's really good at off the cuff stuff. So I'll, I can actually show you the real when we're done. There's this famous set of, she falls in shit. Uh, there's this famous set of outtakes where uh, there's a scene in Jerry Maguire where he answers the phone and he has to like reply to the things Jerry's saying. Yeah. And there's this famous clip where they told him like, just answer the phone and riff a couple lines. And there's a five minute clip of him just picking up this phone and firing these fucking riffs off. Like, yeah, it made his career. Like yeah. he said, he talks about it all the time. He says like, <clears throat> it was just that one moment where I harnessed 15 years of doing crowd work at comedy clubs. Wow. And I knew that like Cameron Crowe just asked me to improv for him. Like, yeah. and it's a famous thing. He just like interesting everything. It like made the, the character. Yeah. So yeah. I guess Cameron Crowe told everybody like Jay Moore's the fucking best. Cause he was in picture perfect with fucking Jennifer and Jay Moore was like a little bit of a leading man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He had a bit of a career. And he's it was because like, he's very like, he'll add to it. Like he fucking riffs lines. He fucking knows what the character. So is he's like. been able to integrate stand up into his acting oh, experience. Yeah. Very but much he's so. also kind of a pompous asshole. Not so much anymore, but the big thing on Jay Moore was that like, you ever meet those people that are really good at what they do and they know it. So they can well, yeah. kind of push people around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Jay Moore used to be that guy. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, that, that, such a weird thing with humanity. The need to feel superior to another human being just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I know I come off, uh, I can be kind of gruff sometimes or whatever, or I have my strong opinions. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just don't, I don't know. So this is post party. Uh -oh. She's, she's realizing how, what a great party it was. I haven't had that in a long... I thought about that today. When I watched the end of One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, when everyone got loaded at the mental institution at the end, you know, one of the final well, scenes. that's great. I haven't had that in so long, Keith, where I woke that's up just at great. someone's house. I used Everybody to have... That happened a lot. I missed it. <gasps> this is so cool. Oh, and I called my parents, and they want you to come over. So he ends up with her. What? And she's in love no, with him. Because cool, I told them I slept on the sofa. So you won't get in trouble for anything. Trouble? How old are you exactly? You know, because you looked a lot older last night. Oh, will you relax? I'm going to tell on no one. Oh, there we go. He just broke the law. Jay Moore just raped oh a lady. God. You know, there's a reason why I don't mind lying to my parents. You want to know what it is? I bet I know. I bet you don't. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> That oh, never happens really to me. Cool this is a good thing to wind down because Paul Rudd reveals why the movie's called 200 Cigarettes after this. She buys him a carton of cigarettes, number one, for the birthday. And there's 200 cigarettes in the carton. Yep. But So Courtney Love and Paul Rudd get together at the end of the movie. The whole movie's building to that. It's the Lower East Side, and we this are is, artists. This is the, the bad artist who finally fucked a girl, and it sounds like she's coming. <laughs> It's rip-off art of Georgia O'Keeffe. Yeah. So that's fucking Martha Plimpton's friend. She's banged him. Is and he he's, bad? He, oh, he's still bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was great. Bad in the sack. Maybe I'm bad in the sack. All right. Here we I'm, go. I'm out of fuck shape. I know that much. <laughs> oh, no. So she fucks Dave Chappelle. Hello? Hey, so are you talking about Who is that over? again? 
I don't know who she is. Still drunk. I could look uh, after. That, that that was a very like you know, New York. Art. That so whole like that that like lampshade. It's very New York. Oh yeah, where it looks like you live in the fucking costume area. Of yeah, the play. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's like that's what I you have did. Fucking little Steven Tyler. You fucking know, ooh, there's this new artist everywhere. called Madonna that's making all the gay clubs hot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> trying to find the Paul Rudd. So they fall in love. Yeah. And Casey Affleck and Kate Hudson. All right, here we go. This this will close it off. This is the end of 200 Cigarettes. Seek this movie out. It's a fantastic movie. Sure, sure. If I would have planned it better. Plus, they got to live in New York and film this for like three months, you know? They really all all artists. Cigarettes are a shield against meaningful interaction with other people. Playing some Brian Ferry. Brian Ferry was very early 80s. Slave to love. People protect themselves emotionally by relating to their cigarettes instead of each other. I just don't like. So it struck me last night watching all those people standing around with their cigarettes. Why is everyone so afraid? Why are people so scared of each other? Like us. Uh, we've never been anything but totally honest with each other. Them. They really made Courtney Love not look like a crack whore. She looked like a crack whore for a lot of the oh, Yeah, well, in whatchamacallit, she was a drug addict in fucking the mildest <coughs> form in the People vs. Larry Flint. And then we go to the end because Dave Chappelle, her oh, picture no. shows you what happened at the party. This is actually great. All right. I'm, I've accepted that we're going to get music fucking That's what struck me violations. last night, watching all those people standing around <clears> with <their throat> cigarettes. Why is everyone so afraid? Why are people Courtney so scared of each insane. other? Where in the hell is Ron Cacamano? The New Year's Eve party. Here we After go. After I put the cab up, I mean. I got pictures. Look here. Now, these two girls in this picture, oh, I couldn't understand the damn thing they said. And, and where in the hell is Ron Cacamano? Now, this guy here, he's a famous necrophiliac with an album. He kept dragging a dead girl around the party. It was real weird. Look at his eyes, man. He crazy. Look at her. Dead, dead, dead. This dude right here I call Vagina Puppet Man because he kept making vagina puppets with his hands. Well, he's a real talented fellow. I mean, I see big things in his future because there's a market for vaginas. Uh, this girl right here keeps feeding people little weenies, but I think she want a weenie herself, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, now, this little girl here, I picked her up earlier that night, too. It's a, it's a small city, ain't it? That must be the guy she was telling me she was so nervous about being with. Just when he started making a little headway, wouldn't you know one of the ugliest bitches I've ever seen in my life rolled up? You transphobe. I'm not women ugly, but I think this woman was because she had a penis. Oh, this Dutch boy with Don't you for, make a man. joke about... I ain't gonna call her young, but I'm gonna tell you this. I bet you she write a couple love letters and crowns here and there. There I go. There I go. I'm having fun right here. I'm not having fun. And here go my man right here. Remember him? This guy Those pictures. That, me, was, that, that, was the, <laughs> that was the camera phone. Right? Yeah, that was the he camera phone. Of era. I remember thinking right that there. was cutting edge technology. You could just you could see the picture appear in front of you? Oh my god. Thank God it broke a live one home. Yeah, Janine Garofalo fucks Elvis Costello. This guy is hungry for love or something. And then who walks over but my little girl pretty in pink? And it looks like it found what it was. Pretty in pink that was her, her nose a move started from 1986 and 87, not 81. Wow. But that's, you know, then they was oh, wow. That's something that's great. That's a fucking weird little thing that I never noticed. Yeah, oh, the yeah, guy in the middle, But they want to make it in the 80s context. Got his autograph and everything. I mean, ultimately... 
a nerd like me cares and no one else cares. Maybe he's telling the story in 87. No, he's not. He's telling it the next day. These pictures I'm keeping forever. They make me happy because they remind me, if you relax, you can have a good time, baby, even if you smell like dog shit. What a way to See, end the show. In the end, everybody got what they With Black people. Wisdoms being told by Dave Chappelle's Dave Chappelle. A little boot. Transphobe Dave Chappelle, famous transphobe Dave <laughs> Chappelle. He, he, he calls calls the LGBTQ. What do you call them? The alphabet people. That's what he was saying. The B's and the T's. Yeah, the T's and the G's. Uh, I don't think that went over too yeah. well with certain people. So, you know? well, that was the show, ladies Man, and gentlemen. I tell you what, good one. We had a good it one. It was going. a good one. You know, you can follow. Sweating in my ears. Hit the social medias. We're on Twitter. He's insecure comic on Twitter. I am Keith Pazel everywhere, as I am the only Keith Pazel on earth. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and Google. Uh, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. A lot Everybody. of fun. Everybody. Bye.